Broadcasting live from sunny South Florida, this is KMA Talk Radio. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. Your KMA crew, the Italian scallion, Paul DeGracco, Alex Tavella, a.k.a. The Goat, and always telling it like it is, Honest Abe. I like to smoke them like the Winston Churchill. Good morning to all our loyal listeners, libertarians, listeners and lovers of the leaf. I am your host, Honest Abe, and we are broadcasting KMA episode number 448 from sunny South Florida. And I'm here with the man they call and is also known as the GOAT, Alex Tavella. It's only gonna be us today, but it's pretty much what it is pretty much every week. So, so yeah, I mean a little more work for you. A little more work, but that's okay. I got good sleep last night. Unlike you. You're on one of my tears, huh? I haven't had good sleep in weeks. Well, a week, a week last week. And they still haven't taken it out. Oh, I didn't know. We were I didn't even ask yesterday. I figured they did. Well, it's still there. You can see them a little swollen. What well, what did they do besides charge your medical insurance? You know, there's two different doctors because they've been rushing me in to get into them. So they're looking at the x-ray and stuff and they start conversing like, look, they could, they don't want to pull it out. They're not sure if that's what's going on. It looks like I got a couple things going on over here. And they're like, you know, we can pull this out right now because I went there. I'm like, pull this tooth out. Right. And they're like, we can pull it out, but there's a good chance that you're going to be in the same pain next week. So, I mean, like, literally, as soon as the anesthetic wears off. So, I'm like, well, what the fuck am I doing here? Keep me to get a tooth out, so I'm not in pain. Um, they want me to come back next week. Next week? Yeah, next week. Um, they, they need to do exploratory stuff to see what's really causing the pain before they start yanking and pulling and doing root canals or whatever. So, Really? Yeah. I, you never thought it'd be a hard time to take a tooth out. Listen, I'll be honest with you, man. I, three people I really don't care for in this world are dentists, lawyers, and veterinarians. Because you just got no choice, right? Lawyer, you got to have a lawyer in a situation. They screw you over. Dentists, you know, they tell you what they're going to tell you. What are you going to say? No. And especially when you're in pain. Right. If you have the same problem, go to three different dentists. They'll all give you three different scenarios of what you need done, have to have done. In fact, they think um, 60 Minutes did an episode uh, many, many years ago uh, in New York where they had the guy verify like he needed just a cavity, a filling. He went to like seven different dentists and the prices ranged anywhere from like $250 to $4,000 worth of work. Right. <laughs> Everybody had a different right. thing for the same problem. I feel um, like for, guy, for guys like me, you can add mechanics to that list because I don't know shit about cars. Whatever they tell me is... Actually, mechanics is another one, but since you know, I've had the business and I lease, I've never had to deal with that. Right, that problem right. has disappeared out of my universe, thank God. But also, in Florida, definitely the AC guy. Mm. The AC guy, because there's, there's... I mean, it is what it is and you're not living without AC, so whatever he tells you is what it yeah. is. And w- when the vet says, your dog needs this, what are you going to do? Right. You know? Hey, Bowser, yeah, I, how you feeling? Dog's not telling you shit. You're doing whatever the doctor tells you. 
Yeah, I've I've been in situations where I've spent more on a surgery for my dog than I actually spent on the dog. So I know how that goes. Or you do more for yourself. Right. Right. So yeah, so I took my wife, who's probably like a dental intern. She's got like perfect teeth. She spent she so does. much time. She does. She does. She's got so much time she in her does. life at the dentist office. So she actually was like corresponding with them while I was just sitting there trying not to get frustrated. <laughs> So uh, that looks like the course of action. So meanwhile, they, they gave me some kind of um, filling there or something that, that is a sedative too. It's toned it down, but I'm still eating like Advil and Tylenol like every four hours like candy. And um, just, it is what it is. So yeah, I've had very little sleep. You can see it. My, God, my eyes even look terrible. Yeah. Yeah, you look it. You look it. I know the feeling. And what's Paul got a got a migraine from flying? He got a headache from I oh, guess headache. in the snow. He's got a, he was playing in the snow yesterday, so he's got a headache. So no Paul today. You know uh, what? I think I'm going to redo the KMA intro, and I'm going to re-nickname Paul as Shameless Paul. I yeah, I like it. I mean, I like, it fits. It fits. I like Shameless Paul because he really shameless. is shameless. Oh, yeah. Like I, he knows what we got going on, you know, and like he actually messaged us today. Any talking points? I said, dude, we're all underwater, man. Please just find some things and put them on the outline. He sends an outline today that basically has nothing on it, and no shame, nothing. Nothing. no shame, I mean, no shame. He can't do a commercial. He has like one commercial after every eight months, you know. Well, he's look, our saving graces. We got a we got a star studded cast, so I'm sure these guys will. Uh, yeah, we'll have this is me. We'll just log off and let them do the yeah, show. And let them do the thing. Yeah, that's the plan. That's the plan. No, I'm, I'm, I think Shameless Paul because he has no shame. There's no way I would have called in about a migraine today. There's no universe. From Paul. home, no less. From home. It's not like he had to go anywhere. The lights. The lights hurt his eyes. I'm just curious at what point he, at what point he gave up. At what point did he contact you? Oh, I don't know. Was it fucking nine thirty? Let's see. Let's take a look. Nine nineteen. Nine nineteen. He gave up. I mean, you know. I don't know. What do I know? I don't know either. I believe. I believe as of yesterday or today. Um, all the virtual boxes have gone out. So I, I think yeah. all, you know, and it's really funny. You should see all the people freaking out because some people started getting theirs. It's like, you know, did you think all the boxes were going to go out the same day and then arrive the same day everywhere? You know what? I'm going to tell you something. Events like the Great Smoke truly bring out the children and people. You know, whether it's the giddiness or the you know, just insanity of expectations. You really it's the FOMO, see, man. It's the FOMO. You, but you, you know? really see the child of people yeah. come out during these, these <laughs> yeah. types of events. What order do the, do the boxes go out in? I see people getting there. Oh. My favorite answer was priority. Yeah, I mean, seriously. They, 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 they all started freaking out. Probably got over 100 emails uh, this week. Where's my package? I see people getting them. So it's, it's mind-boggling. But as of today, they should all be out. And, um, you know, hopefully by next 
by the end of next week. Everybody should have them. A little surprising. We haven't seen as many uh, videos. I, I haven't been on social media, to be honest with you. I haven't, I haven't been much, but I haven't seen. You know, it's funny. I've, I've seen a couple photos, um, but everybody is a little bit cautious, doesn't want to get yelled at by well, the what's guys. Funny is, which is another what's funny whole thing. Is, right. I've seen more pictures of just the box being delivered than what's inside it. But what's funny is the cigars have been listed since November. And pictured. And pictures. There's no surprises of what's coming yeah, in the box. But still, uh, you know, I don't blame them. There, there have been um, many incidents of cigar of the month getting released too early. So uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't blame them. I got my box, and when you get yours, you can see, I guess. But it's part of the fun, you know. People want to see it. Let it out. Send your pictures. Post them. I want to see it. To be honest. I want to see it. Right. Right. I see it all together. You know. Right. I've seen right. all the little chunks. Maybe we'll do a contest. Best picture. Oh. Best TGS picture. And then we'll we'll do the raffle in June or whenever we remember to. Right. So raffles. I, I like how he puts himself down as a talking topic. Paul freezing to death in New York. You see that? He put himself down as a talking I didn't topic. I didn't I just saw how barren the uh the outline was and maybe he sure did what we have. if we're lucky. No, just a migraine, unfortunately. Enough to be alive, but not enough to finish. Didn't he text us about the outline yesterday? Yeah, he wanted to know if there was any talking points we wanted to add. I guess he couldn't find any. I think he just didn't want to deal with the shame of not doing anything this week. No, 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 because he's shameless. He's shameless. There is no shameless shame. Shameless Paul. There is no shame. There's no shame. It's it's It sucks, too, because I kind of wanted to... I wanted to ask him a few questions. I noticed this week in the news. I'm sure Coop has seen it because he's a he's a big Disney follower, only for Paul's torture. Minnie Mouse. But, uh, Minnie Mouse. Yes, lost the skirt, huh? Lost the skirt. Oh the oh the horrors! Right. Oh right. the horrors! Right. We'll have to get some input on this from the crew. They they revamped M and M's too. Do you you know that? You see that? Yeah, something the brown M M&M and M or something. Well, they took one out of the high heels and gave her sneakers, yeah. and one became you know less sexy. And you know, I think now they got like a um, I don't know what they call it. You know, when you're not a he or she, non-binary. Thank you. Neutral. Neutral. Gender neutral. Hi, everybody. Oh. Might as well. Hi. Hey. We hey. Look at the hat. Bring the hat in. No, no. Other way. Other way. Other way. There we go. Look at the hat she's wearing. Best pork chops in the planet. I stand by it. Anybody I've said this to has never come back and said, what do you talk about? They literally are the best pork chops on the planet. I and concur. If you, use, if you use the code SMOKEIN, S-M-O-K-E-I-N-N, you'll get 20, 20% off your order. Good guys over there. They, they they wanted to do a feed the party, uh, feed the party, feed your party promotion um, for the Great Smoke. I just we ain't gonna lie, we had not time to really time. dig it up and get the video done and put it up there. We just been so behind the eight ball. So, but uh, they were still cool, man. They're like, listen, that smoking code is good. Just tell your customers. So, if you're a smoking fan, KMA fan, Great Smoke fan, you're watching our show. You want to get the best pork chops on earth. Go to feed the party. Use the code SMOKEIN. S M O K E I N N. I'll get you. It's not chump change. It's twenty percent off. 
So she is Brandy's twin in many more ways than you believe, too. <laughs> in many more ways than you believe. That was funny, Eric Gunnarsson. We should get these guys on. He's already they got funnier comments than we are in the thing. Some of them have nuts, some don't. That's pretty funny. That is that is true. That is true. All right, should we uh, meet our makers of the news? Yeah, let's meet the makers this week. This should be an interesting show. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell. It's time to meet your maker. Wow, look at the star-studded cast. Star-studded cast. This could be the most screens we've ever had on at one time. I think so. I think so. You know, I'm kind of glad that Paul didn't make it. It would have been odd. It would have been, right. It would have been one on the bottom. Which would yeah, have been I think we would have left his camera off anyway. Yeah. I look, thought we were going to have Mickey Peg on today. Yeah, that was another coop. That was another, <laughs> not coop, sorry. That was another Paul screw up. I was really excited to talk All Saints today. The, the, the best part of this is, listen to me, when Mickey was decided to come on, I started a text thread, me, Paul, and Mickey. And it started, hey, Paul, Mickey would like to come on our show February 12th. And then Paul's like, great, I'll get in touch with you, I'll schedule it. And then in that same thread, he starts saying, hey, Mick, are, are you coming on this Saturday? <laughs> like right below where he confirms it's the 12th. Dude, I, I tell you, I even said something earlier in the week. I thought I thought it was a year in review. Yeah, Alex said, you know, it just went over my head. But Alex, when, when I not, well, because, you know, he puts a recap. He got it right this week, Mickey Pegg. Well, he puts, I mean, you know, a thing at the bottom. Who's on next week? So next week, I just write it off. And Alex said to me, like, um, aren't we doing the year in review with the guys? And I'm like, yeah. I just didn't think that. He had the weeks messed up. I just went all over my head. Look at man, Garrett. Garrett, you guys are looking a little chilly over there. Is it cold by you guys? I mean, it was. Uh, it was two. No, it's it's seventy degrees in the studio here, but outside it's oh. uh, it's two two Fahrenheit. Two. It's two. It's two degrees. Bomby. Yes. You can't have just two. Can't have just two. Bomb me too. Anybody? It was Anybody? minus sixteen when we flew to TPE. Movie reference? Nobody. Damn it. Now everybody in this room went to TPE except Coop, correct? Correct. Correct. Yep. We were there. You feel left out, don't you, this year? No. Yeah, no. I missed everyone all out there. Oh, I heard the remorse in your comments last week. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, right. I don't lie. I said we probably or I probably should have went. Um, but I'll say this kind of. I'll just say it right up. I still think PCA on its worst day is still more impactful than TP on its best day. I haven't seen yeah, that. Well, that's, that's one to start with. Oh, yeah, that is a good one to start. So let, yeah. let, let's start with the man who had to wake up the earliest who was on here the first. <laughs> and that's Master Sensei himself, Eric from Cigar Dojo. What, what do you think about that comment he just made? Um, well, I mean, I, I'm, I guess it depends on how you're, how you would define impactful. I mean, I guess as far as the premium cigar industry goes, uh, new releases, news, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, the PCA is still way more impactful. Coop's right about that, and from Coop's 
Coop's perspective being like more focused on news, he's he's a hundred percent right about that. Um, TPE, on the other hand, is it's still like a it's still like a, a real trade show. You know, there's buzz and excitement. It's more it's more you know getting together, people talking, laughing, having fun. There's not a lot of new product, but um, it's a great event. That, you know, it's it's shorter. Um, so you know, for in our in our for us, you know, being the dojo that we don't really focus on news that much. We're more like lifestyle kind of stuff. Um, it was it was a great show, uh, but I think Coop is probably right uh, when he says that. Matt, sorry, uh, Matt tobacco. <laughs> I, I, we was, got a lot of names out. We got a lot of names in the room. I, I hesitated. Uh, no, I mean I, I would agree. I think PCA is still the number one show. I think it's the bigger show, the more important show, um, especially considering what it's mostly four, which I think some people forget sometimes. Um, TPA is definitely a, like, like Eric was saying, it's still a legit trade show. Um, talking with some manufacturers who both went and didn't go um, this past week, um, the general consensus is that the show is going to continue to get bigger and more involved. Um, you'll probably see a lot more manufacturers as the years go on. Just the cigar section although it's a section of the entire trade show with all the plus side of the tobacco plus expo. Uh, I think you'll see that cigar section continue to grow and get bigger. I think as it gets bigger, more and more people are like, eh, all right, let's, let's get in on this. Uh, it's kind of what I feel from conversations I've had with some manufacturers. Um, but I still, you know, I, I still feel that PCA is still, you know, that, that more for our industry, more important show. I feel like you were there for the extended stay, Matt. Were you there? Like, so did you get hung up? I mean, I feel like everybody was home and you were still taking pictures at the Venetian. <laughs> so at PCA or at um, at TPE because I I did both technically, um, but at PCA that was also our engagement celebration, so that's right. a little different. TPE, I mean, the storm came up here into the northeast, and it was either do we leave TPE early. Or do we wait it out? And so we were waiting, and then the airline was like, hey, so, like, that flight on Saturday ain't happening. So you could move it, no no charge. And I was like, fuck it, let's stay longer. I mean, I, I'd rather stay and get the whole show than leave early. Um, so, yeah, I spent Championship Sunday in the sports book betting on Chiefs and the Niners. And I lost Good all that call. money. Came out, of, came so, out ahead, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Well, here's what I'll say about TPE. Between the two, TPE doesn't have an identity crisis. They're growing. Um, and I'm not, I am not in any way minimizing the importance, the uh, amazing things that the PCA does whatsoever. I just know that PCA clearly has been going through some changes from identity crisis and that is causing, obviously, some bigger manufacturers and, and retailers to balk. While TPE, I don't think is necessarily a replacement or people are replacing PCA with TPE, but it is making an impact on the industry. We And we saw that with uh, you know the release of several brands that many of us weren't expecting to see at the show. So... so I mean, this is supposed to be a year interview show. We're talking about the TPE, which is this year. But it's, it's a good topic. It's a hot topic. It's a hot topic. So 
I got you guys four on, so this is actually good. Because look, I'm a traditionalist, so I'm even though I'm not thrilled with the direction and the accomplishment and maybe some of the things that the PCA is doing, I'm just still. I don't want to. I don't think our industry should be the plus of an expo. I agree. We are the TPA. We're the plus. I mean, let's be real. Um, it's a smaller section. Well, it's we're the plus. I mean, we're 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 the add-on because it really wasn't made for us. Yeah. Um, and then also, I think, I think in the eyes of governmental regulation and trying to continually say that we're not part of that industry, right? And because that's that's been the basis of our argument from day one, right? We're not mass market. We don't go to children's, our stuff is handmade, whatever. And yet then we affiliate ourselves in, in an expo that's pretty much for that kind of stuff. Um, for, for me, my universe would be simplified if there was just one trade show. Um, I don't know what the need for two is, um, but TP just seems to be getting more popular. So let me ask you guys, do you see a need for a second show? I mean, I don't care which it is, whether it's PCA or TPE, but is really one providing anything that the other isn't of any significance? Yes. We got. Go ahead, Matt. Right. What do you? What's your? What's yeah. your take? So they're they're very different animals. They're different organizations. They're different. They're different shows. And I get it. I get it, Matt. But the, what is the, what is one doing? What are the in just regards to our segment of the industry, right? As a premium cigar guy, as a guy who's in this industry. What am I getting at TPE that I wouldn't get at PCA? Uh, for for premium cigar retailers, strictly like yourself, strictly premium cigar retailers, nothing. You That's don't gain point. anything by going to TPE. Um, and there, but for for the uh, multi tiered type retailers, head shops, um, that kind of thing, who we talk to. Uh, quite a few this year and last year's TPE who are year over year expanding their square footage of premium cigars in their stores and taking some space away from glass pipes, vape, something like that, because they're seeing so much, so much of a sales increase in premium cigars. Yeah. Matt's Matt's making a great point because you have a ton of stores. Um, I won't mention any names, but some big, huge chains that are known really well in the cigar industry and they, you know, premium cigars represents about the same footprint in their stores as premium cigars do in TPE. So they can go to TPE and buy everything for them. PCA isn't probably a great show. It's just premium cigars. So they're only going to get, they're only getting like a 25% of the product that they need to buy it for their store. TPE is great. They go in there, boom, they can do it one shot. I know, but Eric, you talk about catering to a very, like, maybe on three fingers I can count who that accommodates organizations. I can count on There's one hand how many, how yeah, many organizations like at that level that that accommodates. Now, don't get me wrong. What I'm saying is, look, the model of the TPE is probably great for those kind of companies and whatnot, right? But there's, like, kind of a movement that I'm feeling or seeing out there that's trying to make the TPE this legitimized premium cigar show now the tp was what it kind of really pretty much always been a complete tobacco expo that had a premium cigar division that's one thing but i'm seeing like this 
thing of it's really trying to build on becoming like a premium cigar show or more of a premium cigar show, which you know I, I just I, I don't know how that works out. Um, I don't think there's room for two. I, I really don't. Does, does anybody in this room in this in this panel believe there's room for two two real premium cigar shows a year? Well, well Abe, sure, let not? me go. Let me go a step further. PCA has been talking about possibly. Good. They're possibly looking at regional shows. So PCA is thinking, and which I don't agree with them going with that approach, by the way. So they're wait, talking wait about till, doing – Wait yeah, till one year of doing the logistics of putting that together. I, I don't think they'll be as on the same scale, but but your point, Abe, 100% right. And here's the other thing that TP hasn't addressed, and, and they're growing as a show, but they have the same problem that PCA has, and no one beats PC, TP or the manufacturers about, uh, they should say. They're getting the, – the, the deals are being offered. Just like PCA. So eventually, I think that's going to come up and bite TPE as it grows. It's going to reach a point where, you know what, they're going to be battling the same issue of the, the manufacturers offering these deals. In response to Colonel Sheehan, I don't think I need to attend the TPE to speak about it because I'm not speaking about its performance or operations or how it was in an event because then I would have to be there. I'm speaking about philosophically the necessity of another show. So, no, Kevin, I don't need to go there to talk to talk about what I'm talking about right now. I just want to think out loud, just as a layman, real quick. I mean, from a manufacturer standpoint, right? Wouldn't TPE give me the better exposure to people outside of? Depends what kind of manufacturer you are. Why? Padron doesn't want their stuff in a lot of those kind of stores. I'm pretty sure probably, you know, there's there's a lot of guys who don't want their product on that level store and in some of those yeah. level stores. Well, that's, yeah, but they don't have to open those accounts. But then the same guys that are, you know, jerking each other off at the PCA can get those same TPE deals or what they do or don't do. I don't know. I'm just from a exposure standpoint. Seems like maybe I can get some of those outliers who are not necessarily going to be at the PCA. From a manufacturer standpoint, five, coming from a layman, I've never been to a trade show. I don't know. You know, 10 to probably even five years ago, um, many of these C shops were purely wholesaler only. That's where they were focused, is yep. getting their cigars from wholesalers. And now... We're starting to see them expand their humidors, get more involved in the cigar industry. And I have to ask the question, why is that a bad thing? And why is the TPE, um, you know, questioning whether the cigar should be such a, a, you know, a big part of that when this is a great thing for our industry, I think. This is a, a place where not our normal demographic gets introduced to premium cigars. It is a totally dim different demographic than the PCA. It's a different show altogether. And I think it's reaching an audience that wouldn't normally be, be reached in, in other avenues. And for these C shops to go directly to manufacturer, I think is a huge win instead of using wholesalers. I mean, imagine, think back, think back even five years. Can you imagine a head shop having an in-store premium cigar event for a brand? That's happening now. We've been to them in multiple states at, at, at these types of shops. I cannot imagine that happening five, five years ago. Maybe and, five, definitely not ten. Now, to, and to Garrett's point, uh, what's really cool is, you know, they had this, this big industry party 
So you have uh, uh, all these, you know, different representatives from these different types of products, right? Thousands. I don't know how many people were there, a thousand, whatever it was. But the entire party is, is sponsored by Drew Estate. It's like, it's like we were representing the, the industry, mm-hmm. the entire trade show, our little portion, premium cigars. We were the ones, kind of, it seemed like we were almost like hosting all these people. It seemed like great exposure. Yeah, well, and to add, well, sorry. Yes. Add- no, I was going to say, Drew Estate is probably one of the people in the premium cigar side who's most penetrated in the C stores. Right. You know, they, 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 they got work. cigars at Costco. So, I mean, it's, it's not that, they're not that foreign to the whole C and B store market. What was interesting about that party, though, too, and I think, I think Matt and Garrett talked about it when they were, were on with Coop last week. I, I, someone brought it up. I can't remember where it got brought up. But um, at that party, you know, Drew Estate obviously did sponsor it. They're handing out acid 20s, underground 10s. And it wasn't just the cigar industry at that party. Everybody was there. So you saw a lot of people from the other industries like, oh, partaking in these premium cigars that maybe were new to them. That was like, I don't I'm not a cigar smoker. I'm a vapor or, you know, I, I do CBD. But oh, there's cigars here, they're handing them out. Well, I'll try them. So it was like that party was interesting because it was getting everyone together in the social environment and getting non-cigar smokers maybe to dabble a little bit, get to know the industry a little bit, try it out for themselves, um, which I thought was a – it's a small piece, but it was an interesting piece um, to the events of that week. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not <clears throat> anti-TPE. Or that's what anybody here is getting out of this conversation at all. I just – don't believe this look most big industries and we're not a big industry premium side without a doubt most big industries can't handle really more than one major show there's always some ancillary stuff but i mean we're real small is it my argument is is there really room for shows that are four or five months apart that's catering to the same audience and watch with it i don't know i don't think so i'm never it's gonna not go to- catering to the same audience what they're different audiences. Yeah, I agree. They're different audiences. There are some. There are some overlap, uh, but uh, the demographic and the they're totally different. I, I get that, and they've always been different. But what I'm saying, what I'm saying is that it's slowly evolving into more and more of the same audience. So while you they're, have they're, they're going after this audience, Abe. Right. Why? Well, this is my point. They're going yeah. after yeah. the premium cigar side. So while you have so look, in essence, you're going to have two premium cigar shows, but one has other stuff there. My question is just from the premium cigar side, because at the end of the day, that's all I worry about. Yeah. Right? I don't give a shit about the other shit. I, I don't. I mean, nothing against it. It just doesn't affect my universe. I don't partake in that kind of stuff. I don't sell that kind of stuff. So it doesn't doesn't directly affect me in any way, other than legislation, which we'll talk about in a second. But is there enough to support it? I, I personally don't think so. I'm always going to go to one show, and it's going to be the show that's most beneficial for my organization, whether it's the TP, TPE or the PCA. Um, you know, If I go to any at all, I can't see myself going to more than, than one of them a year. Um, I don't need the party to write off. What was that? So let me ask you this. What if we start to see the trend of TPE uh, being more popular to release new new lines and we start seeing show deals at TPE and PCA. I just started saying, I'll go to the one that I feel is the most beneficial to my organization. You know, 
um, that that's the one I'll end up going to. I mean, look, I I I, I partook in TPE shows. I had to leave my office. So you know, it's just it's I'm not going to do two trips a year. But on a legislative note, as a guy who spent time walking the halls of DC relentlessly and 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 most time in vain, do you not? I mean, because look. This affects my livelihood more than it affects your livelihood. Every time we have some stupid government regulation or, or or we get lumped into some bill, it's directly going after that other market, right? Mm-hmm. And as our argument and in the many positions that we've tried to differentiate ourselves, whether it be by the definition of what a premium cigar is, price point, et cetera, et cetera, all I know is as far back as I can remember, our one of our positions is what? how do we differentiate ourselves because we keep getting lumped in when other segments of our industry get attacked. Does not our involvement in the in in the TPE as a premium cigar industry directly conflict with that mission statement? You know, Abe, the industry's selective on this, is what I'll just say. Um, just remember, well, I know five, some don't care, like alternate, you know, like but, but, that, that have businesses on both they, sides. But they always say it's not them, right? Think about it, like they. But it's selective, right? Go back four or five years ago. These these folks were at the PCA trade show. We had alternatives at the trade show. Everyone wanted them out, right? So, and the PCA, I think, wanted to separate from them. So I give the PCA credit for separating. But a lot of these same companies, right, that are, are maybe want to separate from this other stuff, what do they do? They're doing other things to throw in the face of the FDA right now. And that's come up a lot this week. And, you know, with the whole food, food cigars and characters and stuff like that. So it's kind of I think these companies are very selective on this when it comes when it comes to this. I understand these companies. I want all four of your personal opinions on this. Because, I mean, Eric's probably the most liberal or not liberal, but, you know, what's what's your take on it? Because do you not think that this hurts that position that we've come from for many, many years of saying that this is not the industry we are? We're a different industry. Yeah, I would say that w- what you might call my position as being liberal, I would yeah. call it. That more, was a little bit of an overextend. Sorry. I would I would call it a conservative position in that we, as an entire industry, the tobacco industry that includes any tobacco products, should be ban banning together to fight the FDA. I don't like this idea of, well, let's let's not let's not associate ourselves with this tobacco product because we think that the fda doesn't like it and 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 if we're associated with it it'll hurt our cause we should say screw that we're fighting for freedom and liberty regardless of what the tobacco product is we give these battles away too easily it's like oh flavored cigars pca flavored cigars let's just push flavored cigar well guess what you know all the the retailers out there that sell a zillion acids they're going what are you talking why why aren't you fighting for this? I sell more acids in my lounge by far than any other product. And you're just going to throw that away because you're worried that the FDA is going to lump that in. And, and now maybe maybe if we just keep it premium cigars, we'll be okay. And if we just keep it this pure but thing. Eric, well, so you know, historically, Big Tobacco has literally fought against um, stuff that would benefit premium cigar industry. So, I mean... That I think the problem, you know, in a utopic sense, yeah, why can't we all fight together? But at the end of the day, these are two distinctly separate types of industries that have interests that doesn't always align. I think that's the problem. The other problem is that you have to remember, 
one of the main issues and, and standing points that the tobacco industry gets attacked and has been attacked, the laws have changed it, is is how it's directed to the youth and marketing to the youth and, and, and getting young people on tobacco early. Well, one of the differentiating factors for premium cigars, which is now getting more and more blurred over the years, is, look, you know, you can walk into a 7-Eleven, you know, as, as an 8-year-old, get a Slurpee, and then be exposed to a whole bunch of tobacco, right? But 7- and 8-year-olds aren't walking into premium cigar shops across the country. Our product, honestly, for the most part, until a lot of these packs are being developed, and now it's getting more and more blended, which, once again, goes against that principle. But our product, say, 10 years ago, you really kids were not being exposed to our product on any level. And that was a very strong differentiating factor as far as when I sat in senators office trying to talk about how premium cigars don't fall into that area of, of exposing underage people to our product, but that's now getting blurred too. I mean, all of these products have age restrictions wherever you buy them. Um, I get that. I'm just what I'm saying is that because just like think about the pca show like there it wasn't that long ago there was vape vape products there was hookah there was all this other sort of stuff and that show was a vibrant uh bustling show with tons of people attending and it was it was fun as soon as they cut that out as soon as that ended and it just became the premium cigar guys the show has been dying ever since so so this, um, is, this is an interesting point then Eric just makes that I'll open up to the, the other three guests we have here. Eric feels that, that the PCA should be open to all industries of tobacco like the TPE, right? You feel they'd be better off for that, right, Eric? Now, I, I would say CBD and that kind of stuff, which isn't really... Well, where um, do you draw the line now? It's is not CBD tobacco. Problem? I draw the line at tobacco. I draw Eric's the line right. at tobacco. No, Eric's tobacco. right. I mean, yeah. you got hookah tobacco, you got, but then you got these gummies and CBD and Delta Eight and Kratom and all that that's, other yeah, crap. Yeah, that's not tobacco. That's not tobacco. So yeah. I agree I, with Eric on that one too. It seems like such an easy line to make, right? Like you have tobacco yeah. and, and you I have think not there's, tobacco. You know, we need to. Yeah, we need to. I mean, I think everyone on this panel would agree that um, you can't tax away moral decisions. And that's what government is trying to do with, you know, cigarettes or anything else that they're trying to regulate is uh, by taxation. And that is just, in my opinion, uh, bad legislation. And do we have a lot of um, common uh, allies in that? Yes. Do I think they should all be in the same show? Not necessarily. And so while we, yes, have a lot of brothers and sisters who feel like our fight is against this, um, you know, let adults be adults and we should all enjoy what we can enjoy. But to be specific, I think the fight for premium cigars is different than the fight for other tobacco products. Um, That being said, I do think that there can be some, you know, you can join in some efforts there, but at the end of the day, it's politics and who you buddy up with isn't always doesn't always work in Washington. So here's yeah. a perfect example. They're two distinctly different products. So there was a time where they were trying to tax by weight. So to give you an example, if you're trying to tax by weight, 
the mass market industry loves this concept, right? Because every one of these is probably 10 of their cigarillos or the smaller cigars, which they mostly dominate cell machine made later weighted product. So obviously that would adversely affect the premium cigar industry way more. So, and this is the problem where we get into fights because they're two distinctly different products. And when taxation really, and, and, and just so anybody out there who listening doesn't know, the premium cigar industry is probably less than 2% of the overall tobacco industry, or right around 2 or 3%. I'm sure, I'm sure Matt Ty is going to correct me here. I see him he's doing the math in his head. <laughs> no, you're, it, it is, yeah. uh, it's, it's one, 1.019% somewhere so in not the neighborhood. Two, not even close to 2%. So, yeah, it's, it's, I've always heard it's less. What we sell this is less than 2% of the whole tobacco industry, just to put this in perspective. We are nothing. I mean, as far as the whole relative tobacco industry is concerned, and we are the probably, without a doubt, the poorest segment of the tobacco industry. So, how do you create a universe, Eric, where they fight together when it's so unbalanced? Because the ninety-nine percent don't really give a crap about the one percent. Well, also I know if if I was on the playground and there was a hundred dudes and I was the only guy like me and we were all in some sort of fight. I'd want to get the 99% of the guys on my side and help me fight. I don't want to. That's be, great. But I don't want to be the when only it guy. When it's not into their best interest. I mean, look, we've all seen the movies. Let's face it, man. You guys know how cutthroat big tobacco is. They are Wait. relentless and ruthless. You know, this is, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's not hidden facts. So you want, you want big tobacco to be like, oh, come here, little Eric. We know you don't represent nothing else, but we're going to take care of you, and we're going to make sure nobody beats up on you, little Eric. It's not going to happen. Hey, man, I, so, yeah, I, I got to have my own little corner, but I also I also want some allies. That's all I'm saying. Abe, go back to your point on the two shows, right, for a second. I think this ties into what you're saying. You got to understand PCA, okay, as an organization, they made a strategic decision a few years ago that they're separating from this stuff, right? So in reality, that's why that stuff's not at the show anymore, right? As I, you know, I think that's the main reason, and they were willing to kind of sacrifice, uh, which I think Eric made a lot of valid points. It did add a lot of energy to the show, but they made that sacrifice there. I think bad for the show, better for, bad for the, the show. Fight. But but how how stupid would they have looked that they had continued to have those types of things at the trade show when they? I think they had to make that separation because there was some. I think there was a point we were reaching where we had to do that for survival. So I think that was important. Now, the other point is they still, you know, a lot of the same companies are turning around now and going to TPE. And that's why I'm like, well, I don't quite understand it. Either you're on one side or the other, you know. The it, dollars. Yep. Can I, can the I dollars. A, yeah. Yep. Yep. It's very hard to make philosophical and moral and long-term decisions when there's money involved. Alex, yep. I know you, you look like you've been trying to squeeze something. Yeah, in no, I just, just, just maybe a philosophical thought. Um, I still look at cigars as a luxury product, right? Among other luxury products that we think of out there. And when I think of shows, right? Like, um, you know, Louis Vuitton doesn't do a fashion show featuring Target's line within their fashion show, you know, because it, 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 it dummies down the brand. 
Now, I understand we can find, you know, these cigars in, in the gas stations and whatnot of, of the world that we also find in these luxury shops. But, uh, you know, yeah, I can also find a polo shirt at uh, TJ Maxx, but I'm not going to find a TJ Maxx brand in the Ralph Lauren store. So, I mean, does it mixing this group, does it kind of dummy down the, the image of, of cigars as a luxury product? Is that what we want? I, I, I don't know. Sorry, in a way it does if the government's trying to make clothing illegal. Can I make a point too? I, I was yeah, thinking about this. After oh, wait, Coop, Coop, go ahead. Coop had a point. Okay, what I was gonna say is, look, and I, I, if I start calling names, that's gonna really create a shit storm. But that's what you're known there, for, there, though. There, but I'm not gonna do it in this. <laughs> oh, case. There are comp- there are companies that I see positioning themselves Name as names. luxury products, luxury products, names. and then they turn around and they put cigars out with like foul language and stuff. You know, I don't get it. You know, so it's like, what What are you trying to do here? I mean, you're either going to play in one market or play in the other. But, you know, you can't put the same stuff on the same shelf is what I'm saying. Matt, what were you going to say? You know, so I was thinking about what no. Eric was saying earlier about how, you know, there's the tobacco products. There's stuff at TPE, right? That's actually in no way, shape, or form a tobacco product, right? Like the CBD and the Delta 8 and all that other stuff. At some point, I think we all know. Marijuana becomes federally legal in the United States. It's not a question of if at this point. I think it's just when. Um, I'd be curious to see when that happens. And is much that more. Be, what? Is that tobacco? No, it's not. Okay, just well, I'm just asking. No, I know, but that's kind of the point. Like, so when that happens, and much more can be done with that, right? Who's to say there can't be a separate show for marijuana and CBD and Delta 8 and all that other stuff that is not tobacco, to your point, Abe? in its own realm and the tobacco stuff, even if it's just cigars and hookah and machine made stuff and whatever that actually is tobacco can remain at TPE. It's just tobacco and all that other stuff can have its own show and kind of help further differentiate that blurred line. That's been kind of talked about here today with you have tobacco here and you have different, you have cigars and you have this, but then you have this other stuff that's, that's really not tobacco too. Um, And it all gets lumped into one show. But you bring in a great point because I have no idea what this horizon is going to be once and when marijuana becomes federally legal. Because right now they've just gone unscathed because the federal government doesn't want to deal with it. Yeah. Right? They really have no federal government regulation or interaction. So who knows what door that's going to open if it does ever become federally legal yeah. as far as how involved they're going to be, how regulated they're going to be. Or, right say, oh, oh, I mean, I, I think people miss that point. I mean, if you think we have issues with FDA and regulations, wait, wait till marijuana is federal. It's going to get the it's Alex, gonna make our problems look minimal compared to mm. the stuff that they're going to bring yeah. down on that industry. Mm. Alex, you're right. And here's the thing. The FDA is going to be looking for more things to do. What better way, hey, they could just tackle this whole marijuana thing. So, right, go yeah, right now it looks like, like yeah, right now it looks like, hey, you know, it's a double standard. But believe me, it's coming. Like, they're not going to let that lie. Is what I'm saying. The FDA. That's what the Jay, they're existing. Yeah, they're, they're not just going to not regulate it. Yeah. Jay, Jay Davis, marijuana is a darling of the government only in the sense that the government sees the billions and trillions of money <laughs> they yep. can make off it. That's why money. it's the darling of it. 100 percent right. It's all and about they, money. They haven't yep. geared yeah, themselves. They haven't to yeah. Step into that money yet. But they're when they current. have the opportunity to say, 
we could start making money off of marijuana just like any other thing else. The government's going to abuse the shit out of that. And, and when they collect more user fees from them than they can from the premium cigar industry, you'll suddenly right. see a prioritization happen. With right. Them. So let me explain you something. Well, Jay probably knows. He's a retailer. You should know, right? The user fees depend on your volume. Yep. If premium cigars is 1% of the tobacco industry and marijuana comes in, what do you think the user fees are going to be? There? I mean, they, they, they're going to have unleashed wrath on them. And yep. not like in a bad way. They're just going to look at every way to make a dime off it. Yep. The only thing that I would say is if it doesn't, when that happens, if if it doesn't really create a divide and kind of separate into a, the marijuana category, it would really be it would really be bad to see marijuana come in as its own to like TPE because then it becomes the oh the tobacco and pot show, and then that really kind of marijuana is so big they don't need to go to anybody's show, bro. Yeah, I mean that's true They're too. They're going to have their own hemp show, man. Hemp yeah. show, you know, twenty twenty three. Yeah, they they would have. Yeah, I mean, they would have their own trade fest. show that would dwarf every other smokable products trade show. Yeah. As soon as they're allowed to be federally insured in their banking system, that industry is going to explode bigger than it is today, which is in its huge. But there's an article that these, came out. Does anybody know where they're storing all this cash? Because I'd like to know. That's, true. That's a good point. I mean, they, they can't. They can't. They're not at my house. But, but seriously, I mean, this is like got to be hundreds. So they're either private billions of dollars that they have yeah, to have I, I, somewhere. I believe that's a whole industry that's popped up. There's like private security firms that are storing correct cash. So here yeah. in here in Massachusetts, marijuana is fully wide open recreational medical as it is in eric's home state of colorado yeah but you can't um, put the money in the bank no right but what i was going to say was an article came out at the end of 2021 that massachusetts had said for the first time since this has happened their tax dollars on marijuana exceeded the tax on alcohol holy cow insane yeah and that's not even and that's just where we are today imagine 50 states wide open and that's just state tax because there's no. Hey, wait, that was just the state on tax on marijuana versus alcohol. Marijuana overtook alcohol. Wait, which is you a, want to hear the beauty of all that, Matt? You'll still have freaking cities and states bankrupt. It's true. They'll find yes. a way to steal <clears throat> yep. and burn and waste the money. Sad but true. Yep. Sad but true. Let, let me ask a broader question on this topic. Um, the PCA. I kind of see as like a, a, a sports team on the rebuild right now. You know, they're 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 old well, maybe their old players are still there, but they're they're re trying to rebuild the brand and rebuild the team. Um if not for the I don't know if turmoil or crisis, but if not for the transitional phase or, or all the mixed emotions of the PCA, uh is TPE half the story it is right now? If the PCA was on the up and up? I think the answer, Alex, is I'm kind of inclined to agree that they are, you know, um, because it seemed like this push with TPE on the premium cigar and happened on the heels of the disaster of the 2019 trade show. Well, it seemed like that's when the big push started to happen. Hey, there's an opportunity here. And Cretec decided to seize it. Don't don't kid yourself, Kook. Those conversations were had before that announcement was made. What? Oh, 
probably, but look, when yeah, 2019 happened, that was a disaster. That strategically was designed and discussed before the announcement that they weren't going to partake in the PCA. Okay, I'm not they talking about the internal decision that we're going to go to TPE. Uh, we're going to spend our money on TPE. We're going to reach out to TPE, see what we can do, we can be more involved, yeah. and we're going to work on this show. I'll agree with no, you. No, I on think that what Coop's saying is is that just the the calamity that was the 2019 show TPE sold that as an opportunity to say it, it was, but it wasn't TPE. I think that went after these guys and said, "Hey, come here, come to our show, leave there." It's just that was oh. that was something in the brewing between those companies and the PCA long before that date. Yeah, but there is. I think there has been just this push in general with some of the smaller companies, and what I'm saying where they've really been trying to open the doors up to these smaller companies. And, like, the Big Four stuff was all going on behind the scenes for a year or two beforehand, definitely, um, as far as that goes. So I, I think that there was something to do with it. And here's the thing. These two shows could say they don't compete with each other. PCA, actually, a few days before TPE opened, reminded everyone that, hey, we're the only trade show that it's nonprofit. You know, So there were little jabs being taken, um, and I'm Shots sure there's – the shots being fired, and, and people can ignore them all. That they were out there for public consumption. So I think I think all three shows directly compete with each other: TPE, PCA, and TAA. Well, TAA is not really a show, but doesn't matter. Yeah, you're you're, you're fighting yeah. for people. It's a buying. It's a buying. It's a buying club. Yeah, but I know what you're saying. Yeah, they're fighting. Hey. They're fighting for retailer presence. The same retailer presence, as far as the premium side guy is concerned, they're fighting for people money. There's only so much money to be spent go around, and where you spend. Your money affects which organization benefits and gets to use that money to keep rebuilding and, and growing. So if you don't think all three directly compete with each other, then there's a you know yeah. a bridge I got to sell you. Yeah, no, they're right. I think there's a reason why TP so early in the year. They want to get ahead of that TAA, that TAA curve. So it's hey, a chance hey. to get the money at the beginning of the year. Uh, on the bright side of these things, I think as far as the PCA is concerned – uh, this little competition that you that you bring up, it's good for the PCA. They could learn from the TPE. TPE yeah. does some things really, really well. Like one of the things that they do is they make it uh, extremely easy for small manufacturers to show up and sell their product. They have these uh, – you can choose these common sort of uh, areas where there's already a booth set up for you with your your, your sticker of your brand up there. You show up with some product and you start s selling like it's it's extremely cheap. Some of these guys with PCA, they're like, I don't even come close to making my money back on the show. Whereas it with TPE, I can just show up, start doing orders for a very very small amount of money. PCA should look at that and say, let's do something like that. So competition is good, as we all know. And in this case, PCA, PCA should look at TPE and what some of the things they're doing and and copy it. Well, you know, in, in defense of that statement, Eric, some of the biggest problems in that venue is not the PCA, but it's the manufacturers themselves, right? For whatever reason, the manufacturers have got it in their heads that they can go to TPE without an ego, right? It's a no-frills show. They'll come with a smaller layout, smaller footprint. They don't care that it's much lower end looking. But for year after year and decade after decade, the PCA – they all keep striving for bigger footprints, more extravagant look. I know. Let them, let those guys do that, Abe. Let the let those guys do that. But you let understand? Guys... It's those same guys that go to the PC with that mentality that go to the TPE and say it's okay because yep. I don't know if in their head they're saying we're around a bunch of C stores and whatever. We don't need to look like this. 
But the same one that have really mega extraordinary looking stuff that they waste a lot of money on at the, at the PCA will go and have a no frills booth at a TPE, which makes no sense to me. But le- that's fine. I'm just saying if the PCA offered these things, I think some of these small companies would take advantage of it. And you'd see more companies at PCA where like last year, I mean, we walked in we're at the company party or at the uh, at the party and we looked over at the the footprint of the show and we were like wow that's that's it like that's the only companies yeah. that are here where's the rest of it where's it was, the rest of it it was like so, a ghost town so based on based on that that idea eric and i want to ask you this and everybody this is it do you think it's more beneficial for the pca to have 10 small cigar companies that maybe have never been to pca or have only gone once or twice is it more beneficial to the pca as an organization to have 10 small premium cigar companies show up or to have one of the big four show up well i think it's in the long run they're going to have to have 10 small companies because otherwise there's not even going to be a show yeah right it's going to be gone there won't be a pca if you keep losing if you keep losing these huge brands because they're they can't make their money back then i mean yeah like money wise for that particular show it might be better to have these massive booths for them but in the long run there just there won't be a pca so they have to have yeah. all of the all of these manufacturers all this choice all this kind of stuff so that more retailers come and say hey i can get like literally anything there i got this new product this new you know Drunk chicken cigar, whatever it is, right? Like they want you want to have that variety. You don't want to just go there and see, you know, all to this general Davidoff and Drew Estate. You you need a lot more than that to make a, a trade show. You know, Eric you know, made yeah. a good point about the small booths. And you know what I noticed the PCA last year was there was a lot of these really small little brands that like were banding together and sharing like one booth. Like there was there was these sections of like a booth where there was three different little small manufacturers. And PCA when, has tried to kill that off. That I was gonna say, yeah. they've tried to kill that in the past. Yeah, yeah. right. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but here's the question: I say, and I, I'm going by what I saw two years ago, but I believe it was the same thing this year at TPE. General like showed up with a card table, like for that booth, basically, right? They did it at TPE, yeah, this year. Okay, so if they showed up at a card table at PCA, I don't think it's gonna have the same impact as if they showed up with their big booths. I, I just don't. You know, I just don't think it's gonna generate the same interest in that. So I don't know if it's, yeah. if you, you know, having these guys show up at a card table, I don't think is the answer either. No, but, I, but Coop, the, the, what, what I'm talking about that. at TPE, it's not a card table. It's a pretty cool, it's a cool, like the, the Agonors, HVC, Crux. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about Big Four, though. I, I know what you're saying. I'm talking like about a little big, bodega. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think TPE that, levels the playing field a little. Yeah. I, I eventually, I eventually think that there'll be one. One of the one of the two for the premium cigar side down the road. I just don't see. I don't see one growing without at the expense of the other. You know, I mean, for for many many years, the premium cigar was the premium cigar show, and TP was that other show. Right. And there's a reason why it was that way. And if TP becomes more of that show, then I don't see a bright future for the PCA. So that's just my personal opinion. That closes our TPE hour of KMA Talk Radio. <laughs> Um, what a panel we got today. We got all the guys, uh, our friends from the industry, talking about stuff. We're going to hit other cool stuff and actually maybe talk about some of this stuff in 2021 after the break. And we're going to do a um, Name That Jam powered by Avo Cigars, which it's going to be real easy, boys. I apologize. I didn't have time this week to 
pick some new songs. But we're going to have a lot of cool stuff in hour two. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this. Keep it lit. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause lung cancer and heart disease. Currently available at your favorite cigar store, the Romeo y Julieta Reserva Real Nicaragua is another fantastic collaboration between AJ Fernandez and Rafael Nadal. Landing a number one cigar of the year of 2020 by Cigar and Spirits magazine, the Reserva Real Nicaragua is handcrafted at Tabacalera AJ Fernandez. This Nicaraguan Piro is a medium to full body cigar that is packed to the brim with flavor notes of leather, coffee, and red pepper, which pairs nicely with a spiced rum. Available in four sizes, Romeo y Julieta returned to prestigious form with the Reserva Real Nicaragua that should be enjoyed by all. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause lung cancer and heart disease. Hey, babe. Yeah? I'm almost out of wine and I want to order some online. Where should I order from this time? KMAWines.com, of course. KMAWines.com? What's that? What's that? What's that? Hold on a second. Let me show you. You see, KMA has teamed up with Bonner Fine Wines to offer KMA listeners a fantastic deal on a Malbec three-wine sampler. You see, here is their famous Malbec grown at an altitude of 8,950 feet. Three wines from the edge of the world. An old French Malbec variety no longer found in Europe. These three wines, 200 years in the making, Yours, KMA listeners, for 53% off. Normally $130, but like I said, KMA listeners get 53% off. That makes it $69.99. So what do you think? I think we should order. I agree. And done. Honest Abe here, smoking cigars. It's that time of year again, the great smoke. For over a decade and a half, we've been hosting one of the country's biggest cigar bashes where aficionados from all over the world would trek to South Florida for a four day extravaganza. In 2019, we themed our event for the first time, 70s disco, can you dig it? And it was one of the biggest events we ever had. And we look forward to the very next one. Unfortunately, the world was hit by a pandemic and cigar events and functions were being canceled all over the country. Our team was poised with the question, what do we do? Do we cancel the event? Do we do a half-cocked event and just get by? No, instead we put on our thinking caps and put on one of the most epic seven-hour virtual events that was enjoyed by thousands and viewed by tens of thousands of people all over the world. Our event in 2021, the digital experience, forever changed how these types of events will be done. So this year, for the first time in 2022, The Great Smoke, The Last Luau, will be both an in-live and virtual event experience. We had hundreds of people who contacted us early this year telling us how much they enjoyed our virtual event this year, how they had never participated in one of these mega events because they were unable to take time off for work and travel and come down. So this year, we're going out of our way so that people can enjoy the event in their own home as they did earlier this year and also do it in live. Michael Hercox of Ferio Tego Cigars and Kim Keeney will be returning in 2022 to reprise their roles as co-hosts for The Great Smoke. 
As we did earlier this year for the first time, we have worked with select manufacturers to make very limited TGS releases. We got Aganor Salif, Espinosa Cigars, Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust, Room 101, and ADV Cigars. They will each be making a very limited run of TGS edition cigars, exclusively ticket holders for The Great Smoke. There will be a series of special virtual events between the end of November and the beginning of February where all these TGS limited releases will be offered prior to the Great Smoke event. So you will need to get your ticket in advance to be eligible to get into this very special TGS virtual store to participate in these events prior to the Great Smoke date. As always this year, we're gonna have a very special dinner hosted by the Red Meat Lovers Club and special guest Steve Saka from Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. This is gonna be a last luau feast like you've never seen before, and all attendees will get a very limited RML, it's Red Meat Lover Cigar, made by Steve Saka just for this event. So what do you have to do to participate? Go to thegreatsmoke.com, secure your ticket, which will get you the last luau party back. Now, whether you're virtual or coming live, everyone will get the same epic package. This is the most epic Great Smoke package we've ever made in the history of this event. Almost $450 worth of swag and 40 premium cigars that will either be delivered to your door or handed to you the day of the event. As always during the Great Smoke, we'll have mega raffles and prizes and whether you're at home or there live in person, everyone who gets a ticket is automatically entered. The event dates are February 24th through February 27th with the main event being February 26th. And whether you're there in person or live watching at home, we're going to have five special virtual sessions and interaction with what's going on in the event floor so you can actually see what people and what things are going on as the event is happening. Tickets go on sale this Friday, November 12th, noon Eastern Standard Time. I urge everyone out there to get their tickets early. They'll let you participate in all the pre-virtual events we're going to have with the manufacturers who made limited releases, and it'll secure your ticket because our feeling this will be the most epic year ever as far as ticket sales and how fast they'll go. To get your tickets and for more information, go to www.thegreatsmoke.com. The last luau, baby, because this is be the last luau you'll ever need to go to. Peace. Welcome back, everyone, to KMA Talk Radio. I, I just got to tell you, I'm watching that video. I remember making that recording. And all I can envision in my head is me going back in time with a baseball bat and beating the shit out of me and saying, don't do it, Birch. Don't do it both. <laughs> That's the truth. I won't want, No, bad idea. So, listen, I'm bringing this up now so we don't forget Monday Monday morning, we got to get Rivers, I'm going to say it's not do a pop-up, because I, I just got two messages. People are thinking that, oh, since the virtual is sold out, let me get the other ticket and they'll mail me the box. doesn't work that way. No. So you need to make a pop-up saying if you buy a live ticket, it's live, you have to go there and get your box, otherwise you will not get your box. It will not be converted to a virtual ticket. So there's going to be a couple guys calling, I just told them you got to call and cancel your ticket because you're not going to get it shipped. 
So we need to put a pop-up up there. But what what a logistical yep. nightmare this has been. Yep. yep. And, and yep. most of the problems, honestly, are caused by people trying to finagle because they've missed out on it and now are trying to, oh, let me just get a live box and I'll ask them to ship it. No, it doesn't work that way. The boxes are being made. The rest of the boxes are going to be taken by people. So if you That's ain't cool. there, we're selling the ticket to someone who's coming there. Yep. Lovely, lovely, lovely. I swear I'd beat myself up with a bat if I can go back in time. Right there during the making of the video. Too late now. Too late now. Anyways, we're on, we're on the we're road. On. We got a star-studded cast today. Made the first hour blow by like in a in a yes. Let's Quickly. bring them on. We have Master Sensei from Cigar Dojo. Let's see if I get the right order. Matt Tobacco from Smoking Tobacco. Uh, and the boys from How About That Cigar. You know, I just have to say one thing before we start. I'm highly jealous of all of you. Um, I can see everybody behind the scenes when the commercials are running. And everybody got to do what I do not get to do today. Everybody scattered off to the bathroom or whatever they were doing. And I'm just here stuck with a pulsating bladder. For the next I had hour. to fix my camera. I looked like shit. <laughs> I, I, I gotta admit, I'm baffled at your timely bowel movements. Alex has like the bowel movements at the same time, <clears throat> and like, it's literally about that. every day. Yeah. So, kudos to you guys who got to run. <laughs> I don't get a bathroom break on my show. I have to hold it all in. I do too, but Alex is the goat, so he he's mastered it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I mean, I know, especially with this TGS commercial, it gives me plenty of time. The difference with Cigar Coop, though, is they run like three and a half, four hours. So, I mean, that's a long time to hold a (laughs) bowel movement. That is true. That is true. Before we get into all our fun topics for hour two, we're going to run a little segment called Name That Jam, powered by our good friends over at Avo Cigars. And uh, let's let's prop that up, Alex. song i'm pretty sure this, this week's gonna be uber easy let's see which one of you guys get this first are y'all ready yes let's see if y'all can who can name this jam oh come on that one's easy on. yeah they're all i i uh, we, we blurting it out time. i mean yeah blurt it out it's Rock, like, a hurricane. like a hurricane so it's one of my listen. favorite songs of all time in my Scorpions. defense, I'm 99.9% sure. I haven't had time to go back. Into it. But that wasn't the three seconds I told him to pick out of the song because obviously that's the probably easiest three <laughs> of the song. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to take Shame the time was- <laughs> and get like 10. Nah, this isn't Paul. It's just tough. It's hard. We haven't had time. We just yeah. take some time to get 10 well-known songs that are in a spot that isn't so recognizable. To be fair, though, I mean, with the exception of myself, the rest of you guys are of an age bracket where you should know that. If there was a lot of younger people, they probably wouldn't know that. That's that's fair. That's true. That's true. Well, the problem is the age bracket of our audience is probably in that right bracket. Right. Matt, you're younger than my son. You're younger than one of my kids. Oh, my God. William, are you saying Matt's dad? 
Who could be? I have a daughter older than Matt. Oh my gosh. No, no, no rumors, Abe. No rumors. <laughs> Who's the oldest person in this room? Would it be Master Sensei? Long lost yes. son. Probably. Yeah, I, I think I think I beat Coop by a little bit. Yeah. yeah you, you want a little known fact here? Uh, Eric and I's firstborns have the same birthday. They're just Eric's Jordan's a little older than my daughter Kayla. Oh wow! But they have the uh, the uh, February seventeenth. So who? Okay, so Master Sensei is the eldest in the room. Who? Who's the baby? Is it Matt Tobacco or Al- I'm I'm just guessing that Matt Tobacco and Alex are yeah. younger than Garrett and Matt. Alex is definitely older than me. I'm only twenty eight. Oh yeah, you're the baby then. You got to yeah. be the baby in the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Why, Alex? How old are you? Like thirty nine. No, really? That's wow. like 33. Damn. Good, good job, Alex. It, it's it's the height. <laughs> it's deceptive. Yeah. Well, I say it was the, when, uh, it was the many year. years of poor living. So if, 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 Eric, if Eric's the oldest one in the room, I got to say, he carries his age pretty well. I, I Coop, I don't know what you're doing. So. Dude, he, he, dude, I can't keep up with him. I can't keep up with him. Believe me, I've, I've traveled with this guy. I can't keep up with him. The party's always going with him, believe me. Eric, are you wearing a Satriel's t-shirt? I pointed that out as soon as he got on. I saw it. Well done. Good job. It's, it's, that is... it's, it's a possibility. Well, that's sick. I like that. <laughs> Represent. All right. Starting an hour two, let's talk about what pretty much, you know, was the talk at the beginning of this year all about last year. And that's obviously consensus is the top cigars of 2021. Uh, each of you here have made your own lists, I believe. I, you guys do at HBTC, right, Matt and Garrett? Or no? Yes? We didn't do one or... for 2021. Okay. So I, I can't Sorry. keep track with it. The, our, our do... We didn't. We, we did a list yeah. in 2019. We did not do a list for 2020, and we did a list for 2021, so we skipped a year. But you did do one for last year. Yes. Yes, they did. Okay. There's a little bit of delay there. Okay, good. All right, so let me ask you guys all a question as guys who have made their list or whatever. And we'll start. I, I don't know if the order of your screen is the same or not. This is Alex's bathroom break right here. Um I don't know if the order of your screens are the same as I'm looking at, but I'm just going to start with Eric because he's at the top right next to me. That's correct. I figured. Um, tell me what your biggest shocker that you saw on anybody's list for 2021. That we saw on anybody else's list? or you know, like, well, like, wow, I mean, I didn't even see that one coming or something. You were really shocked to see it on anybody's mention list at all. I would say Coop's number one, the Rocky Patel Winter Collection. That was a... Uh... That was a shocker. Fair enough. Matt Tobacco. Um, well, Coop and I have talked about this on spare notes. Um, Paladin Desaka, because of its timing, was surprising to see that on 2021 okay. list. Taking the timing out of the factor. <laughs> taking timing out of the factor. Just just based on something whether you've tried or you just never even heard of. What do you what was a big surprise or now I'm assuming Eric, you've heard of the Winter Collection. You just that—that's just something that would have been on your radar as a top list, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Matt Tobacco, what was the shocker for you in 2021? I mean, I, I when I to see Coop give that Winter Collection number one, I I was a little surprised. Not that I didn't think it was. I haven't had it, so, but I don't know. I just I that's not the direction I I saw him going with that. 
That's all. All right. How about you, you boys down at uh, Matt and Garrett? What about you? I, 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 I can't really say that I. I'm never really shocked by any of the lists. I mean, I, I know there's going to be, there's going to be a lot of picks that are similar across the list. There's going to be some that some of us consider to be out of left field, um, but um, I don't. I don't really ever get shocked by the lists anymore because I think they represent a wide variety. And I think for the most part, I mean, there's a few things I kind of you know, tilt my head and go, what? But I, I, it's, it's their list. They can do whatever. Come they on, want. Matt, pick a side. That's a lame answer. Tell him. I know. <laughs> just say his name. <laughs> just give a name. Dude. Very, you would... He's seen future sponsorship you know, dollars. He's worried. If we look at it's going to rock the boat. <laughs> I love what Half Wheel does when they do their consensus um, article, and they include all the lists, and it gives you, you know, a real chance to find one place for all these lists. And as I went through that list, and again, I'm not trying to be super diplomatic, but there wasn't anything that I was like, you know, that's that's out there. Um, yeah, I, mean, I think my closest would there are brands every would day probably that have I've to be heard of. I'm sorry, say it again. Oh, 100 percent. Right. No, no, no. I, I would say, you know, the Rocky Patel uh was probably the one that was the most surprising, but I'm not shocked. Well, Coop. I mean, it's all, I guess it's perfect that we left you for the end to talk yeah. about. First off, was anything that you saw on any list, you don't have to mention one list or anything, a surprise to see it mentioned in any of the top lists for 2021? I was really surprised, and it didn't show up number one in the consensus, but it showed up high on lists. I was shocked that Alec Bradley Kinsugi showed up as high as it did on like so many lists. I just didn't see that one coming, and I'm, and it's not a reflection of the scar is good. I didn't really see a lot of buzz on that cigar until the list started coming out. But you know now, what, Coop? I mean, as a guy who's on a lot of social media, man, I see a lot of pictures of that cigar being smoked well, by a lot of people. That's maybe, true. but gate, gatekeepers seem to have more buzz the year before. I mean, that was just kind of like my I think I think the availability of gatekeeper in 2021 has probably messed with it. It probably did. It probably you know, did. Even at TPE, I, I brought that up with, with Bradley Rubin, and even he was like, we did not see that. He didn't see I, – I had him on the show, and I said, I think you're going to land high on the consensus, yeah. and he was surprised to hear that. We weren't surprised about Paladin de Saka, just so you know. Aaron and I predicted it was going to land high on the consensus. We, uh, we weren't shocked about Underground 10 coming out there. Now, I want to address the Rocky Patel winter collection thing for a second. It was the highest-scoring cigar on my reviewed in 2020. It was tied for the highest scoring cigar. We actually did a show, uh, a roundtable show, where we all smoked this cigar. And it wasn't like I was, it wasn't, I actually came out and said, this cigar is probably contending for Cigar of the Year. I actually came out and said, so I was a little surprised because I've been talking about it all year. Um, but I don't think people thought I was going to pull the trigger on it per se. So um, I'm a little shocked to hear all the feedback on it, but I'm kind of glad that kind of shocked everyone. It kind of makes it feel good. No, and I'm, I, I'll say I'm not shocked by it because I do remember watching your shows throughout the year and, and remember I, I actually bought some of those cigars, although I didn't buy the same size that you gave number one. I bought some of the Coronas, but um, I, I was very expecting that that cigar was going to be number one or two on your list. 
So not shocked. Yeah, I mean, Matt and I talked a lot about the year Rocky Patel had, and we think Rocky Patel had an incredible year. Um, and like mm. I think the last eighteen months, they've been on, they've been really. I mean, Rocky's taken a lot of lumps over the years with their cigars, and I think sometimes justifiably so. But I've seen something, I've seen them really turn the corner in the last eighteen months, and they're just the, the cigars they're producing. Um, and I, I, we haven't got the Rocky sixty, which I think a lot of it showed up on the consensus this year. I think it's going to show up on a lot more lists next year. So uh, I think you know I they're agree. on. They're, I think they're the Rocky some momentum. Patel brands. I, I think the Rocky Patel brand as a whole is really relevant. Yeah, they were our company of the year too. They were also our company of the year, though. Oh, I missed that. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. What I didn't do anything. I don't know what I, you're talking about. I also think that uh, you know Rocky with probably another company or two are like the Nickelback of our industry. Um, they have become a successful brand that many people find it fun to hate on. Yeah, it's the Yankees syndrome. Somebody uh, gets know. uber successful, and people people make people make sport out of crapping all over, you know, a a brand or a team when they when they become uber successful. Yeah, True but story. what about what about Gurkha though? Everyone's always shitting on Gurkha though. They're, I feel like they're and, more of a and that's back. the other one. And, and they had a good they had that's a good the release this year. We smoked that Revenant last when Juan was on. Well, yes, I was impressed with that. Gurkha's made a lot of changes in the last couple yeah. of years. But right. prior to that, I no think doubt. a lot of the abuse they got as far as quality of product versus packaging of product, they kind of, yeah. you know. It was justifiable. They, yeah. yeah, they teed yeah. it up, you yeah. know. Yeah. But yeah. when you do that for so long and then you start making justifiable changes, it takes a while to turn that semi around. And they're in the process of turning yep. that reputation of that semi around. I believe that. Working with great companies Wanna like that. Or Sud, Artista. Yeah, so I, I really do. What's funny is, I, true story, I remember sitting in Rocky's office in Naples. I can't tell you how many years ago, decades plus, you know, decades, probably a couple decades maybe, when he was in the process of changing his company to Indian Tobacco, and he showed me the first boxes. I don't even think they're out for sale yet, of 90 and 92, and and telling me he was changing his name to Rocky Patel. And I said to him, what consumer is going to relate to a brand named Patel? Boy, was I wrong. Well, but literally, I, I made that statement. I said, Rocky Patel. I mean, come on. And uh, I also thought Edge was a terrible idea 100 cigars in a big coffin. I, I said, This is awful. I, 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 I think Rocky, out of any other manufacturer, I've probably been the most wrong than compared to any other manufacturer. Where I've looked at something and said, This is terrible. Yeah, I, I think Rocky got also. And like you go back eight or nine years ago when they were coming out with nine or ten releases at the trade show, it almost seemed like they were just throwing stuff at the wall to see what would stick. And I think the last few years, if you've noticed, they've kind of gotten back to a manageable amount. It's like three to four, which for a size company, Rocky, I think that's okay. And I think, you know, they've gotten away from maybe that throwing something at the wall. And I think it's showing in the products right now. Cool. I remember well, being and in the gaming studio one year and literally I think it was 14. Yeah, it was not. And he was a sponsor of the show, and I was ripping on him like this is absurd. <laughs> yeah. And and I actually talked to Rocky. Releases. I talked to Rocky about it, and he, what he had told me is, you know, this. I think he's so excited. I I think this guy really loves the industry, and it's it shows. And I think he's so excited to just kind of bring to market what what they've been working on. I think that had a lot to do with it more than anything. But it was a lot. Well, and I remember that show. Brands- how many of these brands that have that have a history of doing that in years past where they they came out with tons of new releases in a year? A lot of these brands are are 
even in hindsight, it was very, a very smart decision. May, they may have not known it at the time they were making it, but so many of these brands now have predicate product in their back pocket for the future. Yeah, or some of it is actually predicate product they're rebranding. Maybe it's more that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that, yeah. that's the Pandora's box in a snake hole. I don't even want to go down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> product thing. But how about how about our boy Henderson Ventura with a number three on the consensus? And number two on the coupe. Number two on well, you know. <laughs> but no, seriously. I, I was I wasn't surprised about that one being high. I mean, a lot of people had that on list this year. Yep. That that, that and it was that Queen's Pearl. I mean, so a lot of people saw that. I I love what they've been doing with that brand over the past few years, and and when they released that Queen's Pearl and King's Gold, it, it took it to the next level. How justified was our position in having yep. to make a TGS cigar? What a timing was that? Yeah, after rating yeah. so high. Yeah, yeah. yeah, good, for, good, good job by it. Yeah, good job. Good yeah, good stuff. Okay, PCA. How many guys going to the PCA this year? Are you guys going? Yeah. Oh yeah, going. we'll be there. And, and yeah. you guys all went last year, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Anything you guys have heard as far as changes and what's going to come up this year? You guys are way more in tune to this stuff than I am. I mean, let's just be honest. Not so, yet. Uh, I mean, there's yeah. things that are going on at the PC. I think they had to address before the trade show, but I think you'll still, if, if there's anything coming, I would expect it to be coming in the next few months. Are you we know, expecting I, the same small footprint? I don't think it'll be as small, but I don't think it'll be as big as it used to be. It's going to be smaller just because I don't think the I thought maybe one of the big four may come back, but I think it will be they'll be out, so it's going to be smaller. But I think you'll see a few more folks back this year that weren't there last year. I think it's just you know I think that's natural. I, I, I so I think it will I think they'll be have a slightly bigger footprint, but nothing that's going to really move the needle heavy. I already heard AJ Fernandez is not going this year. We said that last year, and they were there. So we'll yes, see. Yes, true. Well, he yeah. made a press release last year and ended up going. There, yeah, <laughs> there. I mean, they worked hard last year to PCA to get some folks to come at the eleventh hour, from what I understand. So I imagine they'll work it again this year. Few brands that I know that weren't there last year that have told me a TP will be there. United will be back. Casa Cuevas will be back. Um, Maybe McAuliffe, I think, from what I was told. It's a hard maybe. When you have to chase people to come back. This is why yeah. my concerns for longevity of PCA. I mean, can you imagine a trade show where you're like literally like trying to get people, manufacturers to come back or participate in the show? There was a fracture, though, Abe. It was a big fracture. And I think on top of that, then you had COVID. So, look, I think, you know, even like we were going 2017, 18. All these companies were still going. It was never like it was never a question of if they were going to be there. And now this fracture occurs. Um, you know, there's a bad show. The big four leave. COVID hits, and so I'm not surprised that they have to do it. The question is, can they sustain that? Can they repair it? And how long is it going to take to repair it? Do any of you four believe any of the big four coming back? I I think one will come back. I thought it might be this year, but I think it will be next year. I think there will be some movement. Eric, it's I. I would guess that that one of them would. Um, I kind of, but I, you know, I thought maybe we'd we'd already hear that by now. Um, yeah, so that's me too. Now, so now I'm a little 
questioning my own, you know, thought. Can on we that. just say is the one you're both thinking about Drew Estate, uh, Davidoff? No, no, not Davidoff. That's who I not was Davidoff. Thinking. One of them for sure. I know not told me specifically we're not going. No, Drew Drew Estate's a no. Oh, yeah, Drew Estate's a hard no. Davidoff is a hard no as well. Davidoff would be the only one logistically in my mind I could see coming back. You know, after after the only, I mean, the only reason is because they're really the only one that's not really vested in the mass market. But you know, they have the appointed merchant model, so how much do they really need to be there? Right. That's yeah. that's kind of where. If, any, and look, if anybody I, comes back from the big four, I believe it's going to be Altidus. That's who I think. That's what I think too. Yep. Of all the big four, I think it would be that. But the problem is, Coop, you know, the, the point of merchants are only about 200 retails in the country, but they got big brands like Avo and Camacho that sell to everybody else. But they're not going to release. I know, I know, but that's a, you know, Davidoff's going to, is Davidoff going to go into PCA with like a, a scaled down booth and stuff? I, I don't see that. I mean, I just, think if they continue, I think if they continue want to build brands on Avo and Camacho side, it's imperative for them. They don't need to build the brand on the the white label side. You know, the stuff they make sells and it goes, yeah. and it only caters to, like I said, two hundred and some retailers. So I don't want to again put words in anyone's mouth, but when I talked to Dylan, like when I interviewed him last year, it just seemed like there was it wasn't their plan to do this. I, I think you're right. Dylan's yeah. very turned off by it, but I think yeah. business wise, it makes really the most sense for those guys to come back. Yeah, although they they do have a large online retail presence, and as as we know, that's sort of one of the big contentions, right? So, you yeah, know what's yeah, funny, people. Eric, is yeah. you mentioned they have an online big retail presence, but in the industry and the people I talk to, they are the most non-existent people who have an online presence. What makes you say it was a big online retail presence? Well, they you know they make that's a big part of their their model. You know they're selling their own product on online and they do well at it. And so I think that where do you uh, get PCA, the feeling where do you get the feeling they do well? Because the consensus from the people I talk to is they they don't do well on it, not nearly as well as they should be doing. I mean, obviously, I don't I don't know, but um, no, I just I'm was sure. wondering if you knew anything I didn't. No, I but, don't. You're the first well, person I've heard ever say that about their online model. In fact, it's so weak, most people don't even know they have an online model. I would say Altidus has got a much stronger, in general, has a much stronger online model. Well, that's oh, because they, they, acquired, the two, the they acquired yeah, Uber yeah, successful yeah, yeah, businesses. Right. To do it on your own is a big undertaking, especially when you weren't built for that. But, no, I mean, Davidoff doesn't compare to those guys. I'm just saying that's a contention. So uh, PCA would have to address that probably to get it back, you know? It's a contention. It's a poor move on their part, I believe it. And I don't even know if it's really worth their time. Um, but, yeah, I, I've never heard anything uh, mentioned in a very successful or like it's been doing very well for them. I just haven't. Like I said, if most consumers don't even know that they have a store, you know, I mean, how successful is it? So I, I don't know. I, 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 you're, the fr you're the first person I've ever heard say they have a big online presence. So that was very interesting to hear. Well, I mean, think they've about invested this. it. They've when invested in it. I agree with Eric. They've invested in that online presence a lot. Yeah. Not only that, hey, but, <clears throat> you know, there there isn't even a Camacho, <clears throat> excuse me, Camacho or Avo site anymore. You just go directly to the, the retail you know, when you go to Camacho or Avo, you go right into the retail store now. So, like, yeah. obviously, that's the direction that they want to go. And if, you know, if PCA is 
saying, you know, this we're, we don't really want to help the online retailer that much, and we're, we're more focused on brick and mortar, then you know that's a contention. So, and I wonder how much their European and Asian um, markets growing has to do with their involvement with anything stateside. PCA. I think it's a great point. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, they've invested a lot in making Camacho and Avo more international brands over the last few years. Dan, the, the trade show has been in New Orleans, I think, three times. Don't go back to New yeah, Orleans. Yeah, we had a we had a PCA media meeting on Zoom a month ago or so, a few weeks ago. And um, they are constantly looking at venues, but they are locked in to Vegas for the next three years at least. Um, but I, the problem is, is uh, finding another venue large enough where you can smoke. And uh, so far, Vegas is the only viable option at this point. I think there's a lot of I think they are comfortable still with Vegas having it there. I mean, that's the impression I've got from talking to people. They're still comfortable with it. Obviously, they're they're looking at viable. I think they're also doing this because if something goes south in Vegas, at least they have other options that they can pivot to uh, in the future. And and it, they're doing their homework right now on that. And I think that's that's a good thing. But I don't well, think they're looking at their analytics show that. That attendance attendance is is higher consistently when it's in Vegas versus other cities. So yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean it makes sense. Can I switch gears? Switch away, bro. Yeah, just do it. This is like Bring the it. trade show show. It's being yeah, the yeah, year yeah, yeah, yeah. in review, technically show. Mm. What's the story of the year? What was the story of the year for you guys? Mm. Ferry Otago. What? There you jumped right in with it. Uh oh. I think Coop's going to have a rebuttal. But, uh, Matt, Matt, do you, well, first off, Matt, do you agree with I'm Garrett? shocked. I'm shocked on that one. I had him as one of my top do stories. I agree I'm not going to lie. Um, What's your story I, of the year? Oh, boy. What is my story of the year? I need, I need a minute to think about this. Um, yeah, sorry, goes up there. Guys, your producer was yeah. like on vacation and decided yeah. not to. Work. I mean, I'll, I'll give you mine if you want, right out of the gate. I thought it Shoot. was the supply, the supply versus the, the supply chain issues and the supply and demand. Mm -hmm. I just think Eric? that was, and that was an internet that had international ramifications. That's why I kind sure. of su was surprised on the Ferry Otago one. And that's I, a more I, universally I... circulated story for multiple people. It's not, it's not really anyone specific. Yeah, I was say or even industry, industry level. I'd say, uh, Coop, that's a good one. Um, I, I think to me the big story was the literal wave of price increases across the board, right? Like almost well, if – You mean the tsunami? Every, yeah, tsunami of price increases. It was a tsunami, um, not a wave. I don't know. None, none of the companies told us about those price increases. That, uh, that affects the end user probably more than any other story this year. So, that's uh, been instead of Alex's job in the last three weeks, just doing price increases. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it, um, but you can look at that and, you know, that's just reflective. And you can make the argument the same with supply chain. The yeah. inflation was driving a lot of that. So, it was natural that our industry was going to take a, a, a hit. But nonetheless, it is an impact. I agree. Now, let me ask you this when it comes to price increases. 
Do you think that it was in reality more companies increasing their prices or was it just more companies sending press releases about increasing their prices? No, no press releases. As a retailer, increases. It was more price increases this Without year. Without a doubt. Because okay. it's, yeah, okay. it's always yeah. this time of year. We always get them for the new year, and it was just overall yeah. more. The, the, the price okay. increases were never reported by the media except for about six or seven companies. And I've been told from several companies that media was left off these lists. I mean, because I asked about it, you know, and I know these, these companies have media lists. And, and I'm sure we were, some of them didn't want to share the news. They don't want to share that because they were afraid of what, what, what happens with that. So... Um, the only way you found out is you had to you had to either read half wheel or call the companies, and that's what half wheel was calling all the companies. Half wheel is usually pretty good with. Yeah, they did a good job on. It. I'm not saying they Alex, didn't, but yeah. Big thing, Alex. Let me uh, ask you Chris. this. Sorry, Alex. Alex, did were you surprised by the amounts, the percentages of the price increases, or were they about average with what they have been in previous years? No, some companies, uh, some companies were higher than I would have expected. Uh, others were, you know, the normal. Realistically, there's some companies that you expect about a dollar from, and then there were others in that range where you're like, oh, you know, that's. I that's think nice. I I think I think that there were some taking advantage of the situation because let's yeah, there were some it. that were higher than I there, would expect. It's not normal. just our industry; there's every industry. A lot of people are just marking a product because they know they can right now, and that's they're taking advantage of that market. I think there was some of that. Yeah, for sure. Let me so, ask a question. Yeah, go ahead. Real quick, because if I remember, I think we had uh, Eric on last year as our like last show of the year. I think it was like a dojo takeover, and we kind of talked about uh, you know top stories of 2020, and and one of them was this uh, Padron Fuente collaboration. Has there been a peep about that? Has there been any update? Anything? No. Very quiet. no up no update, but. I wouldn't be surprised if it's if it's un, unleashed at this year's trade show. No, I we think said that up, no, they never. I, I, I never thought it was coming to last year's trade show. I wouldn't be surprised if it I never, never thought comes it was to fruition. I keep hearing. I think there's more of a chance that it'll never come to fruition than you'll see it at this year's trade show. Yeah. I keep hearing I, people mumbling around saying, "Oh, the cigars have been rolled." That's what I heard, but then nothing else. You know, I just think last year wasn't the right year to do it for them, regardless, because it was those questions. First of all, if there was going to be a trade show, and there was a much they were worried about a smaller footprint coming out of, coming out of the lockdowns, not coming out of COVID. So, I I wouldn't be surprised if they had it, but I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't. But I didn't. I never expected it to be at the at the 2020, 2021 show. I'll be I'll be more shocked if it's there than if it's not this year. Matt and Garrett, you guys have well, a little, I, uh... I think I talked to Coop about this when we were we were on one of the virtual herfs or something with developing pallets, or I, I don't remember exactly where. But I brought this up to Coop saying, I have a strong feeling they're going to unveil it at the Cigar Aficionado Big Smoke. That would not, and I said that would not surprise me if they did it that way. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I would not be. They do it in New York or something. It's it's not. They have this precedent for that happening with other brands. I've been trying to thank uh, Chris Danells for what he thought was the top story of twenty. He said the Great Smoke twenty twenty, but I'm pretty sure he he means the Great Smoke. Yeah, that was on my list as well of top twelve stories. By the way, as well, Ferrier Tago and Ferrier Tago was on it too. I'm not going to say it wasn't. I just didn't think it was the biggest story. 
Matt Tobacco, what was your biggest story of 2021? Um, <clears throat> I'd probably follow behind a lot of the things that Coop said. Um, I mean, we usually seem to be pretty on par with a lot of things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, Barry Ortega also was a huge story. Um, so I, I, I would, I would definitely put it on the list too. At, at close to the top, I would say, um, a lot of anticipation. It was, I think the most anticipated brand of the year. I think that's the one that everyone was curious about. Um, partly because of the concept behind it, partly because Michael Herklotz was attached to it. Um, then putting that together. Oh, how's it going to work? What, you know, is it going to work? Uh, what's he going to do with it? Yeah. Um, I, I, I do think it was huge. I do think Great Smoke 2021 was a huge story because, because of the uniqueness and how well you guys pulled it off. Um, and I think anyone who didn't participate was definitely kicking themselves after because I think after it was over and, you know, the hubbub was going around of, oh, man, did you see it and this and that? Uh, I think it definitely took off more after the event than, you know, the lead up to it. Um, so I would I would agree that it should be on the list. Um, price increases too. I mean, yeah, a lot of good points are made. I think that the universal response to that though, is I think everyone kind of anticipated that happening. Uh, so I don't, I don't think it was, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of traction behind those stories, but, um, I don't think that they were completely shocked to see them happen. I mean, Abe, like you said, it was like a tsunami of the price increase stories, but I, Coop and I had talked about this before. I don't, and even before they all went out, it was something that we had already said before. Like, yeah, we know that's coming. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I got a lot of traction, but I don't think it was like a shocking story either. Um, well, I, I'll tell you what's funny about the price increases. I'm not maybe as knowledgeable as some of you guys. So maybe you guys can point this out. My, the, the greatest the greatest thing that I, I hear, I find funny, and maybe I'm dead wrong on this. It happens. But is when they use the FDA user fees as justification for a price increase because correct me if i'm wrong the user fees are based on volume correct i believe so yeah i think that's I think so, that's yeah. my understanding volume. it's based on volume smaller companies pay less into it bigger companies pay more into it right so mm-hmm. once you've incorporated the user fees into your cost which would happen the first year why why are user fees still being mentioned now two or three years later? Because I'm going to tell you what they've done. They've done in their mind, wow, our user fees went up this year. Yeah, your volume went up this year. So you made more money to pay more user fees. It didn't increase your cost per stick. So I, unless I'm dead wrong on this, anytime a manufacturer mentions today, well, you know, the user fees. I, I laugh inside. I don't want to laugh out loud because I'm not 100% sure I'm right. But if it, if it charges the way I'm understanding it, there's no reason why user fees at this point should be a, a cause for a price increase. But what they're doing psychologically is, especially some of these midline companies who don't have CFOs and real financial guys and stuff like that, I think they're seeing their user fees go up dramatically. It's because you had a killer banner the last couple of years. You sold a lot of product. So you've made that money, those uh, more user fees. So I think it's part of it. I think that's part of it. Plus, you know, there's other manufacturers have talked about, you know, especially with the pandemic fallout um, and a lot of the other challenges related to that back at the factories and on the farms and the tobacco that's available. Prices 
prices of material are going up prices you know labor is going up so i mean that's i think that but needs to be mentioned because it's a huge part of it user fees has anybody heard the word user fees still being used other than myself so i try not to read those press releases <laughs> I, I, I just want to get them. I just want to get them, actually. So, um, but the thing is, here's why I'm like not really keen on the, the price increase of the big story yet, because most of those were re- communicated to the retailers mm-hmm. at the end of the year, and we haven't seen the impact of what that's going to do in 2022. No, is it going to affect? Is it going to affect? Is it going to affect? You know, revenue. Is it going to affect? You know, how, how, you know that's. That, I don't know yet. Or profits. I don't know yet. That's why I want to wait and see with that. At what point do Coop, people start to stop buying? Right, Coop, yeah. Coop. Let me let me clarify my answer a bit. I don't think it was a big story in the cigar media or anything. I'm saying, in reality, it's one of the bigger things that is impacting the industry, even if it isn't a big story. That's my point. Yeah, I think, and I think, but I think the, yeah, but I think the thing is, it the ripple effects and the impact, I, I think we'll see a lot more when it really starts affecting the end consumer in this year, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I think, that, I think, you know, that's, that's I think the, the seeds have been set with it. Let's see what happens. And do people stop buying cigars? Do they start spending less on cigars? That's where I want to kind of see what, because if I see trends like that, that's where I'm like, you know what? These price increases had an effect uh, as an industry for 2022. I just didn't see it for 2021. I just didn't see it for 2021. It's interesting. I I, I see products that I got to do price increases on, and and I see these products, some of them, and I know we haven't had them in stock in like the last six months, and we probably won't have them in stock for another nine months. And, uh, you know, by the time they they finally get back on the shelves, they already took a price increase, and then they're going to get another one three months later when the new year hits again. So. You know, a cigar that a guy probably hasn't been able to get might be two dollars more expensive by the time it's finally available. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you something that I saw for the first time in twenty-five years. Well, first off, I just want to comment that Mickey Pegg is in our chat, and he's saying that the user fees equates to about two cents a cigar. I'll tell you something right now: as somebody who's received a lot of price increases and FDA user fee was used, there wasn't one price increase that poor notice about two cents a cigar. So. <laughs> Let's just put that into perspective. Well, I'll, I, tell you, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you something I saw for the first time this year. Let's see who can guess what it was. Trade show order, new product. We placed the order. And there was a price increase before the opening the order shipped. Yeah. Jeez. Anybody have any idea? Yes. I know you know. <laughs> no one want to take a shot at it? Very uh, well known. Rocky Patel. So, so this is really, Drew? this is really funny. So, if you place the order at the trade show, oh, at the trade show, right? There was a price on the oh. price sheet, but there was a price increase literally months before that product's ship date. So, if you ordered it as a new customer, you paid the price increase. So, essentially, by the time the cigar got to market, at the same time, retail have paid two different prices for this product. Paladin de Saka. Oh, hmm. all right. Hmm. Never seen that before. Well, I actually just I actually just thought of my number one story uh, from from 2021. Wow, um, and that was at both at both trade shows. There was the first time ever we saw live coverage from a new up and coming cigar media organization called How About That Cigar? 
That's, there that's you go, man. There you go. Look at them patting themselves on the back. <laughs> there you go. But I bet that pills in comparison yeah. to being on today's panel of TMA. Oh, this, wow. this Plus, that, silence. it pales in comparison. <laughs> and, that, and, and, and on that same note, Matt, if we're going to go down that road, this last year was the, uh, the first year we saw trade show interviews conducted in the restroom. So that's yes. big, big that's story. Epic that is epic. 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 Story. That was great. That, that was, Eric, I got to give you, you know, the creative minds. That was when I, you did something like it last year, but this one topped it. This one topped it. And, and Michael's reaction was just priceless. I mean, that, that video you shot of him walking out of it was, was yes, priceless. the mumbling as he's walking The mumbling was his – Man, I just care for the free samples. And he's right. That's why we're all at the trade show, right? Brilliant. <laughs> One of the very few times the sequel oh, does the original. That was really good. I got to give you guys that. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what we're going to do next time, though. We're kind of we kind of uh, backed <laughs> ourselves into a corner here. The best part is, can we get a courtesy flush? <laughs> Has anyone ever really said that in a stall? Michael, I don't Michael's like little reactions. You know, this guy he just doesn't let up. It's like, yeah. you know, Eric, Matt Booth had an idea for for an interesting interview that you could use. Uh, he he wanted to do an interview in the hotel room in the, in, in the bathtub. Yes, I like it. We're not. That's it's not good. happening. That's yeah, not her box in the bathtub with all the <laughs> foam and. Oh, okay. With well, is different. Just with the glass of wine, just candles. Like, you know, I like a good soak after a long day on the trade show floor. It really helps keep me youthful. And then I pop <laughs> up in the tub on the other side. Oh, oh yeah! See? Oh, oh yeah! The party's, <laughs> always, the party's always going on here at the dojo. Dojo guys always take you to the next. Level. Hey, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Eric comes out, pulls the foam away. He's like, oh hey, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Where, where's my samples? <laughs> That's what he says. He comes up and he just goes, "Hey, you guys got samples in this room?" Yeah. <laughs> That's classic. Oh. All right. All right, oh so uh, we got a full-fledged media panel here today, but let's go into now. Coop, did you did you prepare any news for this week? I have one news story we could run by the panel. Let, let's 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 run the let's run the intro. Yeah, I want the I, news, I, news, and then we'll let any of the other guys feel free to throw in any news that may have been missed. Yeah, let, let's see what's going on with the scoop with Coop. Hey, y'all, what's my theme music? The Scoop with Coop. Breaking industry news. Hear it first on KMA Talk Radio and cigar-coop.com. All right, guys, and I'm glad the panel's here because I think this is an appropriate topic to get everyone engaged with here. And there was a statement issued this week by the Premium Cigar Association. I found that interesting. I'm glad you brought it up. Yep, yep. And I think it was a big story this week where basically they uh, issued a statement calling for responsible marketing of premium tobacco products. And specifically, they emphasize that marketing that makes the use of of characters, foods, and candy associated with children's interests are never appropriate, even when targeted at an adult audience. And I thought it was an interesting topic by the PCA. I mentioned this on Thursday night show when we did it. I said I, I think it was a little passive aggressive because they kind of implied that this is a rare thing that happens. And they were just kind of putting it out there where we know, we all know on this panel, it's not a rare thing. They may but not know. They know. <laughs> I don't they know. Gotta, I know some of the guys that sit on that panel coop. They may not so, know about it so, as, as prolifically. 
So, okay, so Aaron Loomis and I, we, we did an over-under. from This statement was issued February 1st, and we're predicting that there will be 50 such products. I, I should say, we're taking the over on 50 such products that will be ish, released in the premium cigar industry this year that, that basically violate that. So I just want to be clear, because as, as somebody who's been doing like our own little, uh, which 2021 was also the year for, I wanted to ask at some point, I forgot, right? Uh, store exclusives, right? But we've been doing it for now, what, 12 years, I think? 13, 14 years. I mean, if you go to original Ming, probably 15 years, we've been doing, you know, store exclusives. Um, but this is not directed at any of those. This is directly at strictly brands that are marketing towards existing stuff that's geared for children. Is that correct? They didn't, they didn't draw a delineation, but we know that there are a lot of these products that hit the gray. Some are very blatant, like, like melted vanilla ice cream we saw this week come out, right? Um, but some of the are very gray line-ish this week as well. Because we saw a couple of – we saw a food release in a wonton soup container with the punch, uh, the punch Fu Manchu. And then we saw uh, Sunday gravy by Diesel. Okay, yeah. So here's my thing. Is chop suey fall into that category? Is that really it's geared a, towards kids? Because then you transcend that – well, you might as well throw Red Meat Lovers Club in that category. It's a gray. It's, it's it falls into the gray area. Or are we talking about stuff that literally uses children's characters that are well known and already branded, and then throwing that on on a cigar packaging? Yeah, I mean, I could, that's one issue. But I mean, I, there's another one that's constantly doing these like uh, melted vanilla ice cream and waffle cones, and you know, those are those are another set of problems, I think, too. Um, that said, that so I, but the problem is the gray area, I think, is really where this is. Where do you draw the line? Is the question it gets, it gets, I don't, I don't see why I don't see the food references being an issue. Um, I don't know why they would be. I mean, this is the kind of stuff we can we take flavors from, and not only that, even from a legal perspective, why is fucking birthday cake vodka okay, but uh. You know, a vanilla cigar is an issue. I say it all Alex, the time. you're right, except all the time. they're not under the crosshairs like we are in Right, Washington. and that's it. That's but, the but, issue. Unfortunately, that's the issue. Guys, this is, a, this is a, a bad move by the PCA because it's just like saying, whatever you do, don't look in that box over there. Don't look in that box. The first thing somebody wants to do is look in that box. When PCA comes What's out and in says, the box? don't, <laughs> don't in the do box? it. You're you're probably going to get twice as many this year just because people don't like being told. And and, and they're going to be. I, th I thought exactly the same thing was going to happen with yeah. that. I mean, there were three releases, the two days afterwards that like you know like it was. I just found it kind of ironic, right? Um, I mean, there are other ones we know that have had more blatant characters. Um, and it's not just like one person doing it. There, there's several. So, um, but it's interesting to see how they follow up on this this year. They said they're going to be like taking a look at this throughout the year, but I don't know what comes of this. But I, do, yeah, I don't know. See, so here, here's the thing, right? It's like an unloaded gun. What are they following up on? What are they going to do? They, right. they are saying this is going to be an ongoing conversation where we value your opinion and feedback on steps that we can internally take to protect the premium cigar and pipe tobacco industry. PCA staff and board members will be soliciting input on this topic and many others in the upcoming months through surveys, retail visits, and focus groups, building up the release of a strategic advocacy plan at the 2022 trade show. Right. But what are they going to do? I'm wrong, which I could be. 
um, the people that are most, I don't want to say guilty, but the people who practice this the most of what exactly what they're talking about don't belong to the PCA anyway. But they're getting cigars manufactured by people who... who oh, they want to start going against the manufacturers and making cigars for these people? That's the problem a, is a, that... But I'm just saying it. Reach. I'm just saying it. They're, they're still coming from somewhere. That's a bold reach. I don't think that could ever... ever. I, it's going to be a bold reach, but, you know, that's... You know, it's interesting. You know, I just thought it was interesting. Like I said, it's... We could say that they that marketing, I however, agree, but... I, I Listen, I agree with Eric. So, look, in principle, I think it's... I think it's tacky as best. I think the people that fall for it is, you know, just chintzy. But I agree with Eric. I don't even know why you make a statement. All, I'm just all saying, you do is you bring I would more smoke. attention to it. I don't see any way that the PCA can enforce it, protect it, control it, affect it on any level. They're they not going to. And they're not going to. They're going to just issue their statement on it. The guys making cigars seldom have booze at the trade show. For themselves, making them, mm, selling them, selling them, yeah, not making them is a difference, right? Right, right. So, what are they, what, what they going to do? They're going to go to like to an AJ Fernandez and say, Well, he ain't coming to the show anyway. But I mean, I to to even try to enforce something like that would only shoot themselves more in the foot of problems. And, and, and I even nor, nor should it, you know, AJ Fernandez has a right to sell cigars too. I mean. Yeah, that, you know, and they're not—they're not. It's not AJ Finance putting the, the branding on. It's what I'm saying, but no, I agree. So yeah. I mean, that, that's a hard reach. And considering that, I think that most of the people who are practicing this kind of business don't belong to the PCA anyway. Well, uh, I wouldn't have touched it with a ten foot pole. Well, here's the other thing. What it was the one thing they didn't touch is well, what about the retailers who are putting this stuff on the shelves? Who are your members? I mean, that was—that's the other thing. Are you going to start going after those guys? You know, yeah, I don't. I don't, a, I don't this, see it happen. I don't see it happening. I, I agree. This, was a, I agree. this was a clusterfuck statement. I just this want Matt like, Booth to put out the Room One Hundred and One match. <laughs> that would be the best cigar. It's, and that wouldn't be marketing towards kids at all. That'd be infants. No, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Go even further. Plus, kids don't even like mash peas, so they'd stay way far away from it. So. Right. Well, and that that brings <laughs> that brings up the whole. It's very true. You know, that brings up the whole delineation between adult foods and kids' foods. You know, because you've got you've got Sunday gravy from Diesel, you've got you've got the you know the uh, the chop suey, and that but then you've got you know vanilla cream pie or whatever, or you've got Cookie Monster, or you've got Sick you know. So, so what? Or is Chilling Moose Bullwinkle from Iraqi and Bull? I mean, it's just where does it end? Right. So I, I get, I understand what they're trying to say, what they're trying to express. That that we don't want to, like Coop said, we're in the crosshairs, and we don't want to bring any uh, unnecessary attention that that could possibly be construed as as negative, or that there are companies that are making a a an attempt to actually market to underage people, but it's an extremely slippery slope when you start trying to regulate people's branding behavior. Yeah. You don't, that's a bad, that's bad business. I agree. It's that's bad capitalism. I agree on that. Hmm. Ultimately you hope that the, that the industry kind of cor- corrects itself, but I don't know if that's going to happen either. 
Kari but the question Johnson. is, yeah, go ahead. yeah. I just no, my final point is: does this go? Does this go? Does I mean, what do you do? Do you just keep things as 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 is? Either I don't know if that's the answer either. So, because there is a problem out there with it. It'll be interesting to see how this plays itself yeah, out. Yeah. Any other big stories? Any one of you other guys want to mention and maybe you want to bring up this week? All right. I think I don't uh, know. The hey, uh, thing. Hey. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, the the Mombacho uh, announcement with the new uh, new president, Jared? Um, Jared. Yeah, Jared. That was um, Jared from Subway. Mombacho's. Um, Jared. Oh, you? No, nope. 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 Not wrong, Jared. Way wrong, Jared. Way wrong, Jared. Completely opposite, Jared. Because Jared's a. Jared's yeah, a, uh, I like that. Listen, Mabacho, hold on. I just want to be clear. That's, that was no disrespect to Jared before anything gets misinterpreted. No, I know. He's a good guy. When I hear the word Jared, that's the first Jared <laughs> that comes to my mind. So don't read anything into that. I thought of Jared Trudeau from well, Christoph Cigars. That's what I thought of. I think it was a. I think it was a big story. Um, although I'll say that I'm also a little. Um, Mabacho has been sort of enigmatic for the last year or two. Um, and I'm not sure what their what their direction is. I, I'm I'm having trouble getting a grasp on what they're doing exactly. Well, and then they got the cease and desist for the the name, Look, the naming my thing. Is, yeah. There are companies when at that level who are on are in the tide and they're rolling in the direction with the waves are going, and hopefully sooner or later they catch a big wave. And there are companies that are just floating in a pond, you know. And that Mubacho yeah. company, one of those companies in my universe, is just like, okay, it's there. It's in a pond somewhere, but yeah. I don't know where it's going. I, I You know, Jared Ingersoll is the guy we're talking about, and folks may know him. He was with Deb Oh, Nair that Jared. Yeah. I didn't even know we were talking about that Jared. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's he, the rep. Very nice guy. Yeah, very yeah. nice guy. Very smart guy. I think uh, he, you know, he's been with the company a year. I th- I'm assuming they were grooming him for this. Uh, I think he's certainly capable of doing this job. He's really a very sharp guy. So this is not uh, new news. Well, he yeah. was with he, he no, was no, the he marketing was like guy, the head of marketing, head director, oh. and now he's president. Okay, now he's running the whole show, so it's it's all the operations there. And I assume they were grooming him for this for the past year. Makes sense. So yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I and like I said, he's certainly capable. I think he's a good guy and a sharp guy. So, uh, he just hasn't done something at this level before. So we'll see how it goes. I know Abe, like, Eric, Eric, you wanted to say something. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I uh Abe, I know you had Juan Lopez on recently from Gurkha, right? Yep. Um, now I don't know if he said this on your show or not, but we had him on last night and he said he was coming out with a cigar. He's working on a cigar with Buster Rhymes. And uh, my question to you guys coming. is I saw my that question coming. to you guys is who's Buster Rhymes? Really? Really? <laughs> I mean, is that a serious question or sarcasm? It's a little both. I'm okay. old, man. I don't know who Buster Rhymes is. Buster Rhymes, Buster Rhymes has been in the game a long time. Yeah, yeah. yeah really. I'm sure. He well, has. the quite which Buster Rhymes are we referring to? AKA the, just we, Buster, the musician or the football one? player? There's a football player named. No, I'm going to assume it's the musician, Coop. I'm going to assume. Yeah, it's no, it was. Yeah, it was. I, so. <laughs> I mean, he played for the Vikings. The other Buster Rhymes. He was uh, posting Gurkha cigars all over his Instagram and stuff, so I'm not surprised by this at all. Well, I'm a, I think it's a good move for them too. I think they're really trying on that. So I, I thought it was. A, I think it's a positive move. No, as I think so too. And and by the way, Juan Lopez was awesome on the show. Last he's time. an awesome he guest. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. As much as Coop would like to see the show go on for about another 90 minutes, uh, <laughs> you know, we work on strict timelines here. I want to thank everybody who came on. This was actually an awesome show. I, I'd like to do this more than like once a year. Let's it's actually it. nice to have perspectives from all you guys. I know it's the toughest on you, Eric, being all the way out west, but this was actually an awesome show for me personally. I want to thank you guys all for coming on. I don't know. Well, you know, we didn't have really a, a, any kind of format, so we just winged the topics, but I found it to be very interesting and good talking. I don't know how much of a year and review it was, but I think it was a great panel to have on. I want to thank you guys all for joining us this morning. Hey, 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 before we go, can we do just something super quick? Yeah. All right, guys, uh, here it is. Quick prediction. Bengals versus the Rams, Super Bowl 56. I want to hear what you guys think, how this game is going to play out. Bengals. Wow, he was so quick on that, Matt. Matt me Tobacco too. with the Bengals. Yeah, me you too. You know why? You know why? Because I got I got yeah. Carney texting me every day, being like, "Yo, Joe Burrow is going to be the next guy," and I'm like, right. "He's usually, usually right. right." He was I, up my I, ass I, so hard when I lost my bets on the too. Chiefs. He's like, "You should have listened to me. You should have listened to me." I was like, "You're you know, right." I don't. So I just too- the Rams can fall apart. You know, we've seen the 49ers beat the shit out of them last game of the season for the 49ers to even get into the playoffs. And I'm a little bit of a Joe Burrow guy. He's a, you know, he's a he cigar smoking, shit talking kind of guy. All right, that's two for the Bengals. What do you got, Coop? The the Bengals have the worst offensive line ever to make a Super Bowl. Uh, the Rams are gonna destroy him. I want. I hope I'm wrong. The Rams destroy him. This is this game's over at halftime. Rams. All right. What about the the? How about that cigar guys? What do you guys got? I got uh, Rams seventeen. Cincinnati 14. Wow. I want Cincinnati I, to win. I, I want Cincinnati to win, but I think I think the Rams uh, just have too much. So I think the Rams are going to win. I think Stafford uh, right. is so hungry and he's got a chip on his shoulder. Yep. I'll, I'll let, let me Abe ask, go let me ask you this. No, let me ask you, oh, yeah. Abe, we need Abe's. Well, as a guy with probably the least amount of knowledge to talk on this subject in this room, you heard it here first, and I'd be willing to bet a signed $20 bill with anybody here mm-hmm. that I predict one of the teams will win and one of the teams will <laughs> lose. <laughs> you suck. Now, you I got to get the hell out of here, but I got to ask this okay. question. I'll take, I'll take that Bowl, bet. Is this Super Bowl a ratings nightmare? Probably. Yes. Hmm. And, and no, and I I'm mean, gonna, up, yeah, it won't be the best, but I mean, LA is no gonna... Mahomes, there's no Brady, there's no Aaron Rodgers. Listen, with, with all due respect, let's face it, even a ratings nightmare, it's still a Super Bowl, yeah. Be, but it'll be a poorly rated Super Bowl. I mean, but, but the Patriot I, fans won't tune in, so that could affect it. Oh, shut up, Coop. <laughs> all right, I'm just gonna say, right, shut, shut up. up. <laughs> I, I gotta go. I know Alex has gotta go. So, listen, guys, thank you so much. I want to do this again this year. This was actually a lot of fun. Maybe we'll have a more uh, outlined topic. We'll get you something early. So you guys Maybe Paul will have a migraine next time. Too. Yeah, Paul will have a migraine. Thank you to Shameless Paul for not showing up. Probably made for a much better show. Kept our screens on an even keel. Um, and thanks to everyone who joined us for another Saturday morning. The best way to start your Saturday. We hope we uh, entertained you, made you laugh, and uh, started the week off kick ass. Next week, it'll actually be Mickey Peg on Game <laughs> Talk Radio. Until then, keep it lit. <laughs>